G'day and welcome to another edition of Stacks Podcast. I'm just going to adjust these microphones so they sound a little bit more shit than what they normally sound. I'm here with a very good friend of mine from the band Dead Rivals. Jess, how are you, brother? Good, mate. Yourself? Oh, not too bad, mate. You were uh, jamming tonight. Yeah, we were. Yeah, uh, working on some new music, which has been good. Yeah? Yeah, it's been going well. We've got um, getting our new drummer up to paces and things like that, and it's going really good. Yeah, mate, he sounds all right. Um, tonight's yeah. brought to you by Kuba, crisp, what, dry, why, dry, dry, why? <laughs> there it is. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's the explanation. It, it is, without a doubt, probably the worst. I think it was about seven bucks. Oh, I believe for that. For four litres. So yeah. uh, we're having a white wine. Oof. It's uh, a little bit rough around the edges. So uh, tonight's brought to you by Cuba. We like to usually bring it to you by Jack Daniels, but we're out of Jacks tonight. Oh, I, so. got, I got the rough shit. Yeah, you got the rough deal, man. Like <laughs> Of all the podcasts to do, you get the cheap shit. So yeah. uh, well, it'll be cheap talk, I suppose, won't it? Sounds good. So, mate, you're, what are you doing? You're recording a few new songs? Oh, or are you going to record or something? Or? Yeah, so basically uh, in the next few months we're looking to release an EP. So we'll be going through our mate Matt Gerber, who owns a studio in oh, up north somewhere. Does he get called, like, Gerbil? Uh, no, he gets called Gooba. <laughs> Gooba. Goobs, yeah. That's cool. Um, and we'll be releasing a three-track, hopefully. I actually wanted to um, name a band called Gooba. I thought oh, Gooba really? for a band name would be brilliant. Yeah, well, I think he's got the naming right. So I think, what's his studio? His studio called Fat Pig Studios, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Has he got a sense of humour? Uh, No. <laughs> <laughs> That's sensational. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Gooba. Yeah. And where's he from? Where's he living? Like Port Hedland or something like uh, that? No, no, no. North, north. I mean, like Joondalup. I'm used to talking to people that live very far south. So, he lives north. He used to play in a band called Mandalay Victory years and years ago. And he did a, he's done a lot of good local bands, which is oh, good. Wicked. Whereabouts is he based in Joondalup? Belden. Belden? Belden. Runs out of his home studio. Well, but built, it, was he built like a shed out the back? Yeah, or? yeah, basically. And yeah. it just sounds amazing. Like, the only the only thing that we have a problem with is does um, plug in drums because of the noise. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, like, he probably gets Do the track in here? Yeah, I mean, um, even, like, some of the tracks that he's done for bands like Saviour and things like that, they've they've made, like, ARIA charts and, and things like that. So wow. props to him. Yeah, I'm doing um, Kids. Kids. Yeah, ripping off other people's songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, made it in this world. Yeah. Um, no, that's really good to hear, mate. So, uh, so Jess, you've, you've, how long have you been with these guys? Have you been with... It wasn't you with somebody for quite a while and you sort of skipped that band and you've started another one? And... Yeah, so it's been a bit of a thing. Basically, the guitarist that we have now, myself uh, and the two guitarists, actually, we come from a band called We Can Breathe In Space from about 10 years ago. And we also used to play with another band called Stillwater Claims, and we used to like tour lots and things to, together. And um, that's where we now have our vocalist and bassist from. Uh, we also uh, got Mikey from a Perth band called I Am Eternal to drum with us. So we've all been playing together for Hang probably near ten years. We can breathe in space. Did you have a guy called Mike Blakeman? No, I don't think so. No. Well, I, I, well, I might have done. It's like me, I still don't a, know my band. It's a grey area. It's a yeah, very grey area. We've got a guy called Sean, he's a mystery. He looks like Nosferatu. 
Oh, who's that? That's you, you know the old um, the first Dracula movie where yeah. that, that bald guy with the rat's teeth. Oh yeah, Nosferatu. <laughs> he looks a bit like that. Poor guy. Yes, he doesn't really. I just call him Nosferatu. That's unfortunate. Oh fuck it, no, he does. He does look like him. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And um, mate, what's your role in the band? What are you doing? Uh, I play piano. Yeah, piano. It's not synthesizer. Not synth- I play piano. Yeah, oh, yeah. You'd, you'd love my piano over there. It's the wor- um, it's the worst tuned piano. We might get you to do a number on it. And They're the best ones, though. The it's, worst it's honky ones. and tonky. I love honky <laughs> and tonky. That's good. I always know, like to know that I'm not playing the right things, even when I am. I think we could be clipping out a little bit. Oh, I'm just gonna, oh. No, that's all right. I'm just going to bring the volume down a little bit. There we go. Take it down low. Put a compressor on it. All is good. So, um, mate, how long... You, you grew up in Perth. You yep. always you yep. always been from Perth. Yeah. Poith. Yeah. Poith original. Born and raised. Yeah, right. Been some good music come out of Perth. I grew up in Newcastle, so I'm, I'm not wholly and solely from WA. I've been here for a while now, but I come over because uh, the music scene in, in Newcastle was kind of dying in the arse with poker machines. Yeah, I found that a lot on tour, that everywhere I went, there was poker machines and gambling and things like that. Even motels, hotels that we stayed at, four in the morning, you, you're getting up to go on a road Did trip. you tour with We Can Breathe In Space? Yeah. Did you guys have something on the... You were on the radio for a bit, weren't you, doing a... Uh, we were on... We, yeah, we made a... I think we did a couple of, like, Triple J things and RTR things and, like... Um, yeah, we were, getting, we were getting along pretty good, actually, which was not bad. Yeah, yeah, it's but good, it's a good name. It was sorry. It was taken from a band called Enter Shikari, which is a British band, which had a lot of like synthy stuff. But um, as that got more popular, we were like, hey, you know what? Let's just call that, and we'll just ride that bandwagon until the bitter end. Why not? And we did. <laughs> I, th- I think we're riding a Black Sabbath train to eternal, the eternal pit of nothingness. Oh well, I think Black Sabbath are doing a quite a good job of that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, weren't they just in town or are they, they coming were, to town? They, they were no, just in town? Uh, la, last weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I know. Do you think that's Ozzy Osbourne or do you think it's like a puppet uh, on the stage? Because I, I, I couldn't actually, tell the difference. I don't know if he's still alive or not. I think science has a, he has a <laughs> lot of science to thank for him still being here. He reminds me of like guttering on your house that's sort of like the guttering left years ago and all the metal's gone. It's just the paint that survives. Yeah, it's just leafy and, the, and Yeah, it's just leafy and the paint's surviving. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Just, <laughs> that's him. He's squeaky. At night, and you go, oh, there's Aussie. Yeah, mate. So when we're talking before, you're in a, you're in all sorts of music. What uh, what is it you love? Ah, oh, what is it that I love? We've got time, so feel free to. Well, I mean, it goes from uh, all all aspects of music. So I I I love like really progressive, like old. Like, I'm talking like old progressive, like tubular bells and things like that. Mike Oldfield, very nice. Yeah, all the way up to like there's bands like uh, progressive bands like Between the Buried and Me, who are very very progressive bands and like um, yeah things like that. But I, I mean, I also I listen to lots of hip hop. I listen to lots of jazz. Um, and so you're a music fan. You just love music. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I just there's something about music that. Just Do you want to hear it. something about tubular bells? I was doing a um, PA job down on Rockingham Foreshore, going back about two months ago, maybe a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. and I put tubular bells on for 25 minutes while I was doing changeover for bands. Yeah. And I had a lady come up. She would have been 50 years old. And she said, "Can you change the music? It's doing my head in." No. Yeah. No, that's... She's never seen Damien or the return of, you know, like 666 stuff. What's it, uh, what was that movie it was in? Was it Damien? Um, no, Damien was a guy. He was the kid that was evil. Oh, Chucky. 
no, no. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, hold on, that. not the Hills of Eyes or something like that. Oh, yeah. And the kid's called Damien and he's possessed and he is Satan or something like that. But that music's all the way through. It is quite spooky. Yeah, but that, I mean, it gives it a certain ambience. I remember, like, when I was a kid growing up, actually, I used to go with my cousin. He used to take me to Data Records, which is still there in Perth. And um, they've still got it in the window. Uh, there's a. The, the, the Tubular Bells album, the one with the Tubular Bells in front. And I was like, I, I saw Because there's it. one and two, you know that. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw it and I was like, what is that? Like, the, just the cover itself, because it was a record, uh, the cover itself, just, I was like, this is amazing. And then ever since then, I like, I was just like trying to find it, trying to find it. And my dad goes, I've got that. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, really? Oh, and then oh Tubular got, Bells. Yeah, yeah, it got me into like Skyhooks and then ACDC and was Led it? Zeppelin. Because it was fairly early. It was Electronica, wasn't it? You'd, would would you would, call it that? I would class it as early Electronica. They did use a lot of like um, synth and synth pop and stuff like that in it. Because there was, there was bands like Tangerine Dreams and uh, lots of stuff. That... Yeah, it kind of got like, it was almost like an early garage band like for bands like the horrors and things like that who kind of came out uh, like plenty after that but i reckon it opened up opened up like a lot of subgenres that a lot not a lot of people would probably realize and um yeah i mean prog prog music i reckon changed a lot of people's view on everything on music I think I'm going to call this stuff Goober, not Cooba. Oh, it's not good. <laughs> but it's doing, it really seems to be doing the job. It's, um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit shit. <laughs> yeah, well, bit. what do you expect from <laughs> cask wine, to be honest? I th- honestly, I, I think I paid $7 for four I think liters. the last time I drank cask wine, I was in a park. That's under was, two bucks a liter. I was 17 or something. Or eight, I don't even think I was that old. That's a dollar seventy-five. No, no, dollar twenty-five. Dollar. Maybe a dollar twenty-five a litre. Oh, so it's more expensive than fuel then. Just only just. It could. I be think fuel. it is fuel. I would almost rather drink fuel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Petrol's got less of an aftertaste. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Uh, what's it? Uh, estate Cuba. Crisp, I don't know what estate wine. they're running, but it's not an estate. It's not a good one. Mate, one thing we always like to talk about on this podcast, and uh, I love it. Conspiracy theories. Because hmm. <laughs> we, we like to talk to musicians, but we like to see where musicians coming from, and we talk about stuff outside the music which kind of finds their way into the writing. Do you have do you have part to play in the writing process with your, your guys? Yeah, because, I mean, we pretty much just write in, in the studio together. It's always been like that. We've always believed that. we. I mean, we tried doing it the digital way where everyone was separate and everything like that. A, we're too lazy for that and we don't know how to work computers. And and B, it's just a bit Dude, you're young, you don't know how to work a computer? Oh, come on, I don't even know what how to What the fuck? It. You yeah, missed the boat. I know, I, know. I, I did. I know. I'm gone now. I'm I gone. thought if you can't work your phone, just hand it to a 10-year-old oh, and sort it out for no, you. No, I'm outdated. <laughs> but, but I think a lot of bands are missing the point when they all record in separate rooms and just email each other. I think they all miss the feeling of... Well, there's something about looking music. across the room and, and, like, and going, getting, yeah, yeah, and going, yeah, awesome. man, oh, this is fucking wicked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and doing that face, you know, that face, like, fuck yeah, face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you miss you miss all the... You miss all... You go... You, you miss the parts that they could have written where, you know, a guitarist plays a really cool part and then, you know, everyone goes, oh, man, that was cool. Like, but... Yeah, if he's in his rec- room, like recording by himself, you don't. Yeah, you don't get true. It. But I don't know. It's, 
I don't know about conspiracy theories, though. I don't think they really work into our music. Oh, they might do. No, we just like talking about stuff that, like, weird shit. Oh, I don't... Yeah, see, yeah, don't plenty... get me started on weird no, shit. No, we want to know I, about I, weird shit. I, like, I, I, I'm at the moment... We've, we've, talk, we've talked about chemtrails, we've talked about Bigfoot, we've <laughs> talked about JFK assassinations on this podcast. Oh, wow. um, there's not really many Australian type of conspiracy theories, though. We tend to always go down the old American path, but... There's they're a couple. The, Harold the, Holt was one. Harold Holt is he the one that swam into the ocean? Just never came. He never back. came back. Yeah, yeah, I heard about. They that. say he got taken like by a, by a submarine or something like that. A submarine. Yeah, I mean, Far here's out. one for you. He fucking drowned. Yeah, <laughs> he couldn't swim. Uh, a shark was... thought he was tasty. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, dining out on a fo- middle-aged fat fuck, you know, like, be like eating KFC for a great while. Oh it? yeah, it'd be a, a deluxe. Afterwards, you kind of just regret it, though. Be like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah, like he finishes it and then go, oh god, oh, that's what I do that. Do you, do you find that with KFC? I I had it uh, last week, and I every time I eat it, I'm like, that's the last time I'll ever eat it. What are you doing? <laughs> and then like I find like three months later, I'm like, I could really go some KFC or something, and then. Brrr. It's just bad news, I, I mean, There's something about it. We, we, I see a lot of it move through this place. We've got... Mm. It just Because it's across the road from the studios here, so... It is, too. Yeah, yeah, so dudes just tend to gravitate away from Maccas, and the only other option is, is KFC. So they'll see a lot of it come through here. And all the guys do the same thing. They'll just, like, munch out on it severely, and then they're like, oh, God, oh yeah. what to do that for? Yeah, see, I don't think... None of us really eat fast food or anything, like... Well, there's only one person in our band that's somewhat of an athlete. The rest of us are just... Is that the drama? No, Mikey's far from an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Nick, he plays um, ice hockey and he's actually starting to get really good at it. Fuck, that's a tough game, ice hockey. Yeah, I've, uh, I wouldn't... I actually belted him one good in the hallway before, and he just freight freight trained me. Yeah, it's like nothing. Yeah, no, it doesn't. He doesn't even <laughs> flinch anymore. I used to be able to get him, but you can't anymore. I like um, it's one of them games. I mean, being in Australia, we don't see much of ice hockey. No, but from what I've seen, um, like how they got the enforcers and stuff. And yeah, yeah, you you have people that just literally come on the ice just to just, mess people just, up, <laughs> and that that's it. That's yeah. that's their job. Oh, They're I love just it. out there, and they get paid in 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 the US. They get paid seven million a year or something like that. Oh, chump change. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's less than what I've got in my wallet, but that's because I'm a musician. So yeah, 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 we're all loaded. Yeah, don't get. That's me why wrong. we can afford to hang out on a Tuesday night and do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, as opposed to having a real job. I'm not working tomorrow, so that works out well. <laughs> yeah, I am at four o'clock in the afternoon. So. Oh, not too bad. Yeah. So uh, I don't have to be down there till then, which is good. That's good. I get to sleep until nine o'clock. Nine. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be way after that. Whenever the snooze. Uh, yeah, you might wake up with a Cuba crisp dry white hang. I can't even say it. I don't think a it's state Cuba crisp dry it's white. It's from Tharbagang in New South Wales. Tharbagang. I've never even heard of the place. So I don't think it exists. Tharbagang. 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 No, that's how you say it. Tharbagang. I can't stop saying it. Now. Yeah, Tharbagang. Never been there. Never There's one it. for the listeners home. If you're from Tharbagang. Let us know if you're from Tharbagang. That's why this is so bad and what else you drink <laughs> around there. That's <laughs> <laughs> gang water. Oh, terrible. So, uh, mate, who are some of your uh, favourite bands around Perth? In Perth? Yeah. Ooh. The Love Junkies. The Love Junkies. Yeah. They sound um, kind of sex pistol uh, yeah, I guess so. No, they're they're, oh, they're like um, 
a very heavy, grungy sort of... There are three-piece, I think, four-piece maybe. But, yeah, they're amazing. Mm. Like, if you ever get a chance to see them. And then you've got bands like... Um, Skull Cave and yep. <laughs> these are all like really, really like heavy bands. But then you have bands like um Statues. Yep. Uh there if there's one band that you have to go and watch in Perth and just kind of blow your mind, it's statues. They're the best musicians, they're 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 great. And the arsonist who are now dead. Which which sucks. That was our friend Steve's band. No more. No more. I think uh, the duties of carnival and life got got a bit too much for young. Because he's drumming in carnival, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, and killing it, mind you. I think he was voted one of the world's. How long best. has he been um, drumming for carnival? <laughs> Wouldn't have a clue. It's been a while, hasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. Steve's well, Judd. Judd's his surname, isn't it? Yeah. Judd. Yeah. That's great. He's actually one of Richo's really, really good friends. Like, yeah. And. Um, yeah, it's good to see them doing local shows again. Well, I remember when, when Drew... God used, Well, Drew used to play guitar with a guy called Grant McCulloch. Mm. And we used to do stuff years ago at the um, the Lookout, which is a place Scarborough. in Scarborough. Yeah. We used to, I, we used to play there the quite a lot. And <laughs> I'm starting to feel old, but we had blokes like Drew and, and Grant. who And Grant, Drew's obviously in the band Carnival, which if you guys haven't heard them, get on that because they're awesome. Mm. Uh, and Grant's in a band called... Siren Tower. Oh, who are amazing. Yeah. They are. He's the one with awesome. the big beard, right? He's the big beard dude. Yeah, that band. I I've seen them once and I was Mate, they're, they're one Actually, of the, Thanks for reminding they're me. They're one of the them. best bands in the world. Yeah. They're, yeah, right. They are one of the like Carnival for me. Like those two bands for me are the best two bands to come out of Perth. Yeah. Me personally. Oh. Yeah, or, um, uh, Tame Impala as well, possibly. Yeah, it just depends on your flavour. Yeah, you exactly like, You know right. what I mean? I, yeah. I love Carnival Sound, I love what Ian does, and then I love Grant's vocals, and I love the colonial feel yeah. of the Siren Tower. Mm. Um, Cody's drumming, you know, Mark's guitar. It's just, oh, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a little bit fucking weird fan, you know, like I, I'm a bit of a boy fan. Like, yeah. When I see him, I just like, I get a bit gaga because I just like, fuck, I love this band and I know these guys and blah, 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 you know. Um, but... They, um, I wouldn't say that I'm good mates with them, but we're acquaintances. We always, yeah, yeah. We see each other around the traps a lot, and you know. But they know I'm a fan. <laughs> that's that's yeah. I've got a, I've got a friend. I've actually got one of their posters up here in the I studio. I saw it yeah, when I was leaving the bit office of a fan. before. But um, they, they, they're just mind blowing. And, and Grant, these vocals are just killer. Yeah. He's just such a bloke. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> he's that just beard, such a bloke. That's the first thing I, I. I saw that I saw them setting up. I think it was at uh, Amplifier Bar, and I was like, "What?" I think they're actually playing with the arsonist at the time because that's the reason I would have been there. And we were watching. I was like, looking at his beard. I was like, "This band is going to be outrageously good." I could just tell from looking at him. I was like, "This is going to be a good band," and they were. And I'd usually like I'll watch about twenty minutes of a band, and then I go, oh, "I get what it is," and then I'll go out and socialize, whatever. But I just stayed in there the whole time. I was looking at them, and I was like, yeah. "This is." Ridiculous! How can um, bands be this good? I don't think I'd mind if I maybe play a song on the podcast. I, I suppose they wouldn't care if I. I don't think so. I don't think we have to. Pay. We don't fuck. have any money anyway, so I mean, how, we're not going to pay them. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> we'll give you a little sample anyway. If not, go check them out. They're called the Siren Tower. Everyone knows who Carnival is, but mm. check out the Siren Tower. They got a, an album out called History of Houses, and it's for me just one of the best albums ever ever on the planet. 
And the funny thing is, you've got all these bands like the Lumineers around, everyone's sort of touching on that 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 raucous sort of real earthy sort of sound. And fucking, this, no one's getting this right. They're like an unkept secret, you know it's what I mean? Like, like people don't know about them. It's like, but, it's, and everyone I've told about them and, and had, because I, I push their music. Mm. When people come around my place and I've, I've always got it on, they go, who the hell's this? You mm. know, and I go, man, Siren Tower. Where are they from, you know? Yeah, well, it's exactly like... Um, Earth, dude. <laughs> there's a band called the Novocaines. Yeah. Um, Corey recorded my old band... Oh, one of my old bands. Yeah, I remember the Novocaines. He, he recorded our five-track EP at this weird little studio he had in Leaderville. And I remember they were just blowing up because I think their song was on Scream or, like, one of those movies. And... I, I would still say to people, I'm like, yeah, you know, we're recording with the Novocaines, and people go, who? Yeah, like, who, who's seriously? that? Seriously? Like, <laughs> have you have you never heard these guys? And I show them, and they go, wow, how are they not bigger? And I'm like, well, well, I've, done, I've done guys working like on movies and that throughout the world, like I've worked with, and acquaintances are involved in projects, and and and, and they they take WA music to people, and they're just like, holy shit! Mm. And what's happened in WA is that. The level of music we're because we're so competitive because we're all in the fishbowl, mm-hmm. you know we're not spreading out and there's not and we're all hemmed into this really tight market in Perth. So the level's pretty, the quality's high. The bar is high, even you even know? even in um in the genres that we're playing in now, um like with bands like Statues and you got Statues and like bands like there's make the band called Make Them Suffer. Um, if you get a chance, like have a listen to them if you like brutal death metal um, but they they're signed to Roadrunner they're a local Perth band I still see them as local I, I saw Sean and Nick the other night they're signed to Roadrunner that's the same label that Slipknot is signed to and things like that yeah, it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous the amount of Perth bands that are coming out and just signing to major labels yeah because you have to work so hard to get ovaries to get yeah, to the if US. you if you talk to people outside of WA, they go, oh, have you, do you know anything about the WA music scene? And we're just talking general populace, not music nuts, you know? Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, no, oh, The Waves and John oh, Butler. The Waves. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. good point. Do you know any others? And they go, oh, um, in excess? And I'm like, <laughs> dude, like, seriously. Like, bon just, Scott was from Fremantle. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay, like, yeah, yeah, right. Like, and they just don't, and they'll go, mate, you're just missing. And then, then you start rattling off bands that have been on Triple J and all that, you know, like, like Tame Impala. And mm. like, um, you've got bands like Pond, which is like, Pond, yeah. Pond are like, I think they've got something to do with Tame Impala. I'm not too sure, but it's uh, far out. They're brilliant. Some, they have some sort of, there's like, a band, well, even on Triple J, who's doing good things at the moment? Um, what are they called? Um, they just done the Pines gig um, and headlined that. The Pines. Oh, that folky, yeah, that folky festival. I've always wanted to play that because I reckon that would be a pretty yeah, setting. I'm just trying to think who it was. Oh, well, doesn't matter. It'll cool. come. But I mean, once again, WA and like massive things in on Triple J. Like mm. Triple J must well set up shop over in WA. I reckon they'd be better off to be honest. Yeah, they'd find some good bands. I mean, there is good bands. Never, but the thing is here, and and you hear from the scene so much. Everyone goes, "Oh, I've got to go to Melbourne." Yeah. I've got to go to Melbourne. Yeah. No, you don't. No. You don't have to go to Melbourne. No. You can go there for a bit and tour or play, but come back because it makes this scene what it is. Everyone sort of is friends with each other in certain instances. And, like, there's a there's a girl that I, I met uh, through a friend of mine, Charlie, 
and her oh and a friend of mine uh, Matt Gerber at Fat Pig Studios. So it all comes Gerber. about already. We're already we're already back to local. Her name's Danny Stefanetti, and um, she plays like this uh, like uh, Christiany country rock thing. And she goes over and plays like Tamworth and things like that. And she's been to the US and played with like big country stars over there. And the country scene in the America is massive. Like it's a multi-billion dollar industry over there. And she's killing it. She's in movies. She's all sorts of stuff. She still comes back to Perth and she still plays her little gigs and things like that. And it, it just makes it so much more special because you see her in the street. You go, oh, how you going? Yeah, good, good. I ran into Charlie the other day. I'm like, okay, you ran into Charlie, but you've just finished filming a movie. doesn't matter. She's from Perth. It's, yeah. a, it's like a big country town. And the thing is, too, like, she'd probably come back and realise how much talent is in Perth. Oh, so much. So she feels quite normal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she might have people overseas going, oh, you're amazing. And, yeah. But isn't it funny? You always love people who aren't accessible if that makes sense it i remember when i was younger i was i was i'm a massive fan still am to this day of alison chains you probably can't have tell with the way my sound is with my, with my pan you know like, oh that's the other one yeah. alison chains dirt. i got rob zombie far out yeah i bet you that's who you're thinking of that song with dirt because it's a complete rip off yeah it's a complete rip off i've completely stole it but it's more of a tribute than a rip off because i love them yeah and uh, Kills me. yeah, I've got a song called Gravity, and I've completely ripped the the, the riff. Good song though. The rest is different, but just that da 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 ascending, ascending. Yeah, yeah. People say that's just dirt, and I just go, yeah, it is. Oh, that was bugging me all night. I never try and turn around and go. The people go, man, that just sounds just like dirt, and I go, yeah, I fucking ripped it off dirt. Yeah. Ah, damn, that was driving me crazy. We're in the we're in the the studio next door, going, what is this song? What is it? We were like, what is the song? And because it never came in, we were like, ah, just can't put my finger on it. Um. Oh, I forgot what we were talking about. Alice in Chains. Oh, you no, we're talking about accessible Alice people. Yeah, you know. Uh, like, yeah. So for me, they were like the biggest band in the world, you know. But I'm sure if people knew them in Seattle, yeah, they were probably just those kids from down the road. Oh, exactly right. And it's like that here. Yeah. I've got friends that, I mean, I grew up in Newcastle and I talk to guys and they go, oh, Carnival Man, they're the fucking best band ever. And I go, oh, Drew and, you know, Hosker and like... Um, Steve bums cigarettes off me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like... And then there's just like, do you know these guys? And I suppose it's localism. You get that. If yeah. You're, you know. But Perth's so small, so it's good. Because, I mean, you go to well, the... Well, it is. We know... You go, you go to the Whammy Awards. And dude, we all... We all... Go, hey, all man, yeah. hey, man. Hey, man. How are you? We all play in the same venues, you know? Yeah, exactly right. Well, there's not many left anymore, is, is there? And so. you go to the Whammy Awards, it's just like a big... I've, I've got this thing which I've been trying to start for a few years where Good Friday, mm. it's Muso's Day, because none of us are gigging. Because oh, all yeah, the pubs are shut. Right. Yeah. So... I'm starting a thing here at the studios where Good Friday, it's a party for all the musos. It's an hey, industry sounds, party. We can get heaps of boxed wine. We can get heaps of Cuba. Heaps of Cuba boxed wine. And Cuba's Cuba. Correct. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> uh, Kenny it's Cuba really disgusting bean. though, but I can't stop drinking it. Yeah, yeah, it's shit out. <laughs> oh, so it minds me. Uh, so no, there's not one conspiracy theory in you. Oh, there's. Pl- I I don't believe in any of them. Do you believe I'm, in any weird shit? Like, are you going to tell me like you believe I'm in scared, something? I'm scared of ghosts. Oh, that yeah. like real. Like, Do you think you've ever seen one? No. Oh no. Yeah. See, I don't believe in them. You ever shagged one? I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe close. Don't know. There's been. 
that's another story. Um, yeah. But I I've, think I've I never, think... I've never watched Ghost Shag. No, no. That's kind of. What do you mean you've never watched him shag though? There's obviously a premise where you've thought about it at some point. I've thought about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Always wondered like. Because there's a, isn't it? There's a movie. Oh, it's Ghostbusters. Where she, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was thinking, I was like, there's a horror movie where she undoes his pants. It's Ghostbusters. It's yeah, movie. that's right. It's not a horror movie, and it? it's Dan Aykroyd. He's not scary. <laughs> that's the reason it's a horror movie. Dan Aykroyd's in it. I drank uh, the other day Dan Aykroyd's. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, for those people that are playing at home that don't know, Dan Aykroyd owns a vodka company. Oh, right. Right? Called Didn't know that called Crystal Skull Vodka. You've probably seen it. Oh, is that, is that his? That's Dan Aykroyd. Crystal Skull's one. Yeah, yeah. And it's distilled through crystals because, that, of course, that's what Dan Aykroyd's going to do. I actually drank some the other night and it wasn't half bad, Dan Aykroyd. No, they, they, it's, I've had it too. Yeah. I, I bought a bottle of it just purely... For the bottle? For the bottle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got a friend that um, earns quite, quite a high amount of money and he's quite an alcohol connoisseur as well. And I think he bought like a, I think it's like a six litre bottle of Grey Goose the other day. Cost him about six, seven hundred bucks. And it lights up. It like stands on its own thing and it just lights up. And he's just got this collection of like the craziest alcohol. And he had it in there. He's like, have a sip. I saw a bottle, for all the drinkers out there that just love obliteration. Mm. Uh, I saw a bottle the other day at um, Thirsty Camel. It was a bottle of absinthe, eighty-two mm-hmm. percent, and yeah. it had the stuff in it. The LSD. <laughs> it had it had something in it. Yeah, that's what. No, it, it had has. something like there was some something in there, like a, a plant or something that. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. It's an illusion. Yeah, so I'm really keen to try that one night. Yeah, uh, I had it on my 18th birthday. Uh, yeah, I got it from... <laughs> I think it's the one where you need to do the sugar. You know, yeah, the... you do. I didn't know that at the time. I was I was fresh 18. It was my birthday. Everyone was coming around. We all lived in our own house. But like, my parents were there and everything like that. It was a big, big party. Like I'm talking like a couple hundred people. And um, our, our next door neighbour, who was... Also, I think he was a drug dealer. But he brought over uh, this little green bottle. And I went, oh. What is this like? LSD. Yeah, yes. and from from about Vile twelve LSD. o'clock at night. Uh, I don't remember anything of my eighteenth birthday. But what a way to bring it in. See, LSD is weird because the experiences I've had with it, it doesn't. I I never had memory loss. I had heightened memory. Oh really? And I kind of yeah, I had heightened senses, heightened memory, really crazy shit going on. Like oh, I really? thought. Yeah, I'm surprised you had memory loss. Maybe you drank too much. And I'd, it, and I'd, I'd already, I'd already drank about a liter and a half of Jack Daniels before yeah, even that's, anyone that's got because it's I, come in and just watched. Yeah, because my friends, well, Mikey's band at the time were playing at that. There was there used to be a metal nightclub thing that, and they used to video your set and they'd give you a cassette tape of it the castle so the castle what they used to do is used to play there and they'd give you like a cassette of you playing but it basically looked like a video from crime stoppers because it was on this like one still camera so if you weren't in the best position it just looked it looked terrible but i used to love going through demo videos yeah by it the just castle. yeah it was it was either like a crime stoppers video or like an early was it like a secu- just a security video it was literally like a security camera <laughs> And they'll give it to you afterwards with your name on it. But 
because I wasn't 18 yet, um, everyone was playing the show and they got back later than I expected and I was just plastered and then they gave me this. And the only thing I remember from that night was my I, I must have passed out on some poor girl in our hallway and my dad, like, scooped me up and put her into bed with her. I was like, oh, Dad, thanks. <laughs> what, a, what a dad. High five. Yeah. Yeah, he really... He probably thought you're that shit face and no danger of doing anything. Oh, I was, so. I was passed out already. Yeah. She yeah. was just like, yeah, that's fine. I'll go to bed too. <laughs> it's good. But that's the only... He's probably looking down and going, oh, kids. Yeah, see, I, but now I, I... Kids. Yeah, drugs, drugs, I don't I don't really get into drugs. No? No, there's... I mean, I, I don't now. I've got responsibilities. I've got a wife and... Mm, mm. I mean, I played when I was young. Yeah. No, nothing really heavy. Like, no. I, I, I loved... I tried LC a few times. I loved it. You tried which? LSD. Lo- oh, yeah, loved yeah, yeah, it. yeah. I absolutely yeah. loved it. But the fear I've got now is that I'm married and I love my wife to death and she's pregnant with our first child. Yeah. And and I'm scared that if I do something stupid, then... It all goes it, away. It, well, I don't want to Sid Barrett out. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to tap out like that guy. Like, he, yeah. he kind of fucking wigged out big time, Sid he Barrett. Did. Well, he'd done a lot. Yeah. I mean, he was getting up and it was like LSD in his cornflakes, LSD on his sandwiches. Yeah. Liquid, but that's where liquid LSD can be dangerous because the thing with liquid LSD is, is that I got a vial when I was living up in Brune. Yeah, got myself a nice little vial of it, and it's for those at home. It's like a um, the cough syrup. You know, it's you, very you thick. squeeze it and you put it on the and on your tongue and yeah. And I got a bit greedy one night and just had too much. And, oh, and yeah, yeah, I was I was fucking gone yeah, for about three days and yeah. uh, was doing. Well, I don't know what I was doing. Yes, I do remember things. I do remember because I stayed. I basically sat on the beach for three days and yeah, that's what you do in Broome. Though thought isn't about it? God and dolphins and take heaps of hallucinogens. Built, built weird sandcastles and that's all you do. See, laughed at the sky and all sorts of weird shit. I don't. I don't do many, but uh, the guys, a couple of guys now, is they're partial to a few bits of weed here and there. A lot. Well, weed's sort of the same minor. Well, weed's just, for me, it's just such a natural thing. Oh, yeah. And, and, and weed and is. We write good music. You so do. Well, we, we write such good music. We can focus attention. And that's what. Yeah, well, sometimes. We, we, <laughs> it depends. If, no, if you smoke a weed with other dudes, mm. you, you can't. Yeah. But if you're stoned by yourself, mm. you can zone in, man. You can really get analytical. You can get really, like. Um, yeah, you can really focus your, 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 you know, oh, I mean, I've written some cool songs, Stone. Yeah. You know, so. But, uh, whatever, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, every, I mean, everyone's, when when they get here, they're always real high, so, yeah. and we've never had a problem. Nah. Sometimes someone will play something, and then they go, okay, It's like oh, you're halfway what? through a metal song, and then they break out with, like, Yeah, Jimmy it just, or... yeah, it just turns into, like, Sunshine and love. All <laughs> it's like where'd that solo come from yeah, for four hours? Yeah, just it just turns into two hours of cream <laughs> and the, oh, well, the Grateful man, that's, Dead. That's really progressive. Yeah, just heaps of the Grateful Dead, and then by the time we've done all our shirts are tie dyed and we've grown long hair. I kind of knew the guys were doing that. You can't have. To, that's the thing with weed; you can just smell it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> could you? <laughs> <laughs> we try to stay down the end of the car park. We're like, we're like, do you reckon? You might, I don't know. Yeah. Boys are pretty loaded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've always got something. That's all good. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is brought to you by Stacks Podcast in Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know where we are. All the way from Amsterdam. Yeah, we are the conspiracy, actually. Yeah, so I'm. I, I don't know. I've got a few weird conspiracies. I, I, Go I, for it. Hit do you want to hear what mine is? Yeah. I, I shouldn't really say because I talk about it all the time on the podcast and people ask me, what's my conspiracy? Go for it. 
I think man has amnesia and that we, um, the race that we exist in now and we go back to our history, we've lost a whole chunk of our history. I think that there was a great flood which is talked about in the Bible and all that kind of stuff, but it was actually caused by a meteorite hitting Earth yeah. and pretty much, well, devastated the planet. And then there was only a few that survived and those that did, we lost a few races. We lost Australopithecus. We lost um, the Nephilim race, which was a large human race. Mm-hmm. Um, all those people that kind of got wiped out after these great floods. And if you look at sort of certain landscapes, uh, there's a guy called Randall Carlson, which you should probably look at some of his lectures and TED talks. And you can, he he's a he's a like he's a geometric physicist, physicist. So he he looks at landscape, and he can tell that there's been massive amounts of water pass through land, but it hasn't been a slow build up. It's been an instant yep. wash, and we're talking impact. we're talking a thousand feet of water, a wall a thousand feet. So we're talking 330, 400 meters of water. Mm. a wall of it coming across a country and just ripping everything up in its path and taking boulders that are the size of buildings and just shoveling, shoving them down valleys and all that kind of stuff. And and, and he points it out in video and, he, and you look at it and it makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, and you say, well, how can this have happened? How did this great flood happen like that? Upheaval. M- meteorite hits the planet. All of a sudden you've got all this displacement of water. Yeah. And it travels inland miles and miles and miles. I was a tour guide in WA, so I went up north and I went to places called um, Tunnel Creek uh, and and that and there's the Napier Range out in the Kimberley. Yeah. And it's a coral reef. A big chunk of coral reef has just been boom, dropped out in the middle of the Kimberley. Yeah, right. And it's got seashells in it and fish and crustaceans and all these. And you can look at it and go, this is coral. This is coral reef. How did it get here? And it's like... Something's picked it up and thrown it this far out into the... So there's been this devastation on the planet. Now, naturally, we haven't experienced it in our recorded history of lifetime. And and that's where I think, like, when you see things like aliens and sort of you look at some old Sumerian text and all this kind of stuff, I think people draw conclusions because of similarities to aliens. But I really believe that humans have been on the planet a lot longer than what's been suggested and that we do have got this amnesia that we forget about our past now the pyramids were built before what we know as humans are ah yeah and it was built prior to this upheaval but because they were such a monolithic monument and so heavy and so massive that the pyramids survived the egyptians grew up around them and went, we're going to worship this shit because how the fuck did that get here yeah just like we're looking at it going how in the hell did that get here? We come up with all these theories as to how it was built. I believe what the Egyptians did was utilise it. Yeah. And I believe the... I think, for me, what I believe they were is... And, and when you you look at stuff like the pyramids and that, they do have significant significant points on the planet that do correlate with the, the celestial stars and all that kind of stuff in our galaxy. And I believe there's a tie-in somewhere along there. But I believe that they were built before these great floods and that, that wiped out... I mean, because when hum- humans are scratching to survive and we're just trying to live, we're not going to take time to write down te- text. And when humans are comfortable and when we develop things like agriculture and all this kind of stuff, we got comfortable again and we, we can get, get com- back to art and we can yeah. get back to, like, talking about back in the day. Got complacent. And we get complacent again and we start thinking about other stuff apart from just fucking surviving. Yeah. But prior to that, these floods is when... The pyramids were built, and there was a technology that was around 
and they they knew things about like gravitational like levitation and all that kind of stuff, which we haven't got yet. It was they were switched on to it, and how they were, who knows? Yeah. Whether it came from um, outer space, whether it came from another beings, and all that kind of stuff, and our concept of God may be influential, passed down from someone from another planet that we think is an outer being, because we look look to the sky, you know, for our gods and all that kind of stuff, but. Is it to somebody that came from another planet and then helped us along the way to teach us certain things, and then when this flood happened and all that kind of stuff, they like they don't just turn up every. It's not like a holiday home for them. They just so happen to be here on the planet at that point of time. Oh, there was a race that comes from somewhere back then, and then the scientists they go back and they talk about cyanobacteria being the first organism on the living planet, and we're talking billions of years ago. Well, let's talk billions. Humans they say have been on the planet for for. You know, no more than two million years in yeah. any sort of way, shape, or form. Whether we talk about the hobbits or you know, like um, early forms of man and all that kind of stuff. So there's so much space in between that that you go, well, hang on a minute, how what did happen that? Here? Yeah, what happened here? And and are you right? And there's so many variables to say, are you correct? And and I've just got these theories that through what I've learned, and I'm a nut. I, I I would, I'd study all this kind of stuff and I love it and I'd, I'd take it in but I look at it very subjectively and I go well you know what that's quite possible and you know that's easily the most religious be- people hate me yeah that's easily the most <laughs> believable conspiracy that I've ever heard because most people that come with conspiracies to me are just like tell me this and I'm like you have no like factual background to any of this there's no pretext to any of it or anything like that but that that actually makes sense like I mean, it makes sense. I haven't seen it, yeah. but it makes sense. Well, of course we haven't. We haven't. We weren't around. Exactly, we weren't around. Million, but, it, but as far as like, as far as it goes with like, oh, at first there was a beginning, and then there was a god, and then and, and they then he say, made this. Well, the thing they've got it's wrong like, is oh, like, there's, they still talk about the missing link. Mm. And for me, there is no missing link because we're not from that. And I believe that we started. We're, we're from a, we're from a race that they've forgotten about. Yeah. And when we talk about things like Atlantis and all these things, like there's so many things that are under the ocean now because of the fluctuations in the ocean levels. Well, it's going to be you all know, of us that, soon, that, isn't it? That there was people back then. And and if you ever get the chance, go back and look at things like Tebekli Tepe and other things like that and look at these places and that with these massive monoliths that science today go like, wow, how did they do that? Yeah. If we're all just like chipping away. Because when these things were built with their carbon dating, which is actually quite accurate, we were scrounging around, scratching at bones and all that kind of stuff and that, yeah. but we're building monuments. That Still are, like, falling out of trees. Time. Well then, okay, so what's wrong with this theory that they were actually built prior to that by these people that were wiped out when they had the Great Floods and we've lost all knowledge of... But people say we haven't lost all knowledge, which is true because we've got Stonehenge, we've got the pyramids, yeah. we've got we've got actually relics of these people that existed. I think you've got me on this one. That they all turn around and go, "Well, hang on a minute. Well, they didn't exist." And I go, "Well, why didn't they? And were they quite large people? They, they the, the, the dinosaurs were large. Yeah, everything was larger back then. Yeah, you know why? I don't know whether it's because <laughs> are we getting smaller because there's more of us on the planet, or was the air pressure lighter back then that allowed us to grow or was there more food in abundance and less people so therefore we could grow larger or do we have to was it more 
I mean, we survive through necessity, so uh, to survive then, which is quite tough amongst all these large animals, we need to be large ourselves. We needed to be bigger. We you know, need we are, you know, ourselves. people look at fish. They grow things to get by to survive in this world, and we all do that. You know, we as humans build things and, and make things because we use our minds because it's our technique of survival. So what's to say back then of just being large to compete with these things and that and that and then when we had these large people why couldn't they then build large monuments and all that kind of stuff because they had in numbers the strength yeah that would make perfect sense and then that's where all the theories come from about giants and all that kind of stuff like people like giants isn't just plucked out of the air the nephilim ain't just plucked out of the air there's text that goes back thousands of years that talk about the nephilim and the giants and that and they're through all the cultures in the world so it's not just made up it's just like it's folklore and then we still look at it today look at game of thrones they've got giants in it look at look at lord of the rings giants in it look at jack and the beanstalk all about giants so it's a giants is something that you know or, or gigantica or all that kind of stuff it's in greece or gigantus in greece you know like, as they say that it's all it's in cultures everywhere, so therefore there's some there's some pretext that. to it. A and this is the surviving remnants of the people that were here before the great floods. Mm. And we've got the great floods in the Bible. They talk about the great floods. Yeah, see, they've they've described it as forty days and forty nights because God blah blah blah. However, yeah. the great floods was simply a fucking meteor in the planet, and all of a sudden flood. the water just went fucking bang. <laughs> yeah. Hello. And everyone went, oh, that's it. We're fucked. Yeah, see you later, start a new race. 40 days, 40 nights, bullshit, 40 minutes. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it. You just all, you'd be all wiped out. Yeah, see, I don't know. I'm, I don't, I tend to not get into, I, don't, I just tend to not get into conspiracies and religion and, and things like that because sometimes it just aggravates the absolute crap out of me. But that's the fir easily the first conspiracy But you need to be able to, you need to be able to back up what you're thinking. Exactly right. And you can't just think something because for the sake of, I think it. Yeah. You need to actually have, and that's with anything in life, I think. You yeah. know, you need to have. I like to have cold hard evidence that something happened. That's well, that's un, it's it's undeniable if you have cold hard evidence. Yeah, exactly right. If you've got it and you've got factual proof, then, you know, then that's pretty hard it, to argue it, it against is. anything yeah, like then that. Then it is what it is. However, if you don't have proof, you need to have good theories that make sense and yeah. things that you can relate to. Yeah. And things that you can look back and go, you know what? I know what a pyramid is. I understand that there's been great valleys carved through things. How did that actually happen? Yeah. And if water did move through it at such a pace, it would leave that kind of mark on the landscape. Yeah. Therefore, that's quite a possible... And yeah. it actually is more possible than... Than what else? 40 what days it? and 40 nights of rain. Yeah, exactly <laughs> you right. know? So, yeah, look, I... <laughs> I'm I'm a fun guy to have around when the old Mormons knock on the door trying, oh, to, sort of wow. do, trying to tell me about you know and I go well come down I want to talk to you about something you know so I'm I'm pretty bad for that. Yeah, see, I've got this friend. She's been she really loves um, rocks and spirituality and gemstones and things oh, yeah. like that. And we've been talking chakra. about a, yeah chakra yeah. and um, things like that. And I've lately I've found myself I'm like you know what like actually give me some of the books so I can read about it. I don't generally believe it, but I'd like to know about it before I can write it off sort of thing. Yep. But I know some of the stuff I was reading in it, don't, please don't get me wrong no, on no, this, no. but They're... some of the stuff I was reading on, I was like, that makes sense. And then I went and ruined it by watching um, a, a documentary about the Indigo children. And I was like, okay, no, I've had enough now. Have you ever heard of the Indigo children? No, not the Indigo Children. No. Uh, the Indigo Children were this. Might this? This is just what I got. I just watched one documentary, so like, forgive me if it's wrong. 
indigo children children born like early 80s maybe to late 90s have ability to read thoughts and things like that and just operate generally spiritually at a higher level than everyone else feel everyone's vibrations at a higher level but i mean it kind of ruined it for me when this the guy that was running the documentary kind of like walked in and just about every there was about 400 people in the room and they were all they were all indigo children they're yeah and he's like going oh we can you know show me right. something or do and they're oh no sorry we it's can't read like you we can't sci- read you yeah it's a bit like scientology when yeah i found out tom cruise was a scientologist oh, so that just ruined see you later buddy anyone i tried to get anyone that's gonna get on oprah and jump up and down on the couch and yeah there used to be a scientology place on i think it was like murray street or something like it was really like really out in the open and i walked in and i was like i'm gonna go in there but the and name i like the name scientology you think wow they're gonna look at things quite literally yeah they do not they do quite the opposite <laughs> I walked in there and I was ushered out in about three minutes, I think. I could go in there with my Randall Carlson theory and just go, look, dudes, and they'll be like, yeah, oh, you need to... Oh, f- yeah, get the plug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've lost your membership. That was true yeah. for that. Sorry, no more... That $240 you'd pay for the door, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you do have to pay quite a lot. Really? Yeah. Well, I, they're very wealthy, aren't they? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, apparently it's quite a wealthy mm. thing. But, I mean, how wealthy do you have to be to be that stupid? That's basically it. Like... I don't see any. There's no. There's no premise in that. So what's? I believe isn't there something about a spaceship and it's going to come down and save us all? And isn't that Jonestown? Shit? <laughs> yeah, but it's also an episode of The Simpsons. So <laughs> how? <laughs> and I believe that episode more than anything. It's just a guy on a hovercraft with like one like a little and his little bit of paper in between his mouth, just making the humming noise. His little. You need to see a thing called Louis Theroux's I love Louis special, Theroux. special Christmas. Oh, I've watched, Did you see that one? I've watched every single episode of Louis Did you see Theroux. the one where he had the guy that goes like, I am communicating. Oh, Zoltan. Zoltan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Zoltan. Uh, that, yeah, Louis, Louis meets the, I don't know. Um, but he tried to get into all those different places where yeah. they could like read his thoughts. And I'll tell you what was a really nice one was when he went to the ranch, the, the prostitute's ranch. Oh, and he met that, but he met that really nice prostitute. Yeah, I felt, yeah, I, and, I, and I they had a her. connection. And he, yeah, I don't think he was, I don't think he was sexually attracted to her, but he, I think emotionally they clicked. Yeah, and, and I, I think he genuinely cared for her. I think she, she didn't know how to deal with it either. You could tell that she, she only knew how to like flash her boobs and shake her ass, sort of thing, and, yeah. and it, like to get his attention. And she had and a guy it, that didn't, didn't want to sleep with her, but just wanted to talk to her. And, yeah, and cuddle and she, and she did. Did they get physical? Did they? I don't think there was any physical. Yeah, but that was a good one. I really, yeah, I didn't, know, I, I, I didn't know really... much. I didn't know much. I don't know much about the sex industry, um, but yeah, that kind of opened my eyes to a lot of different. Louis Theroux actually has opened my eyes to it, like a lot of he, different things. I love how. Did you see the one where we went to the swingers party as well? Yeah, when he was, he was, was in the he was in the pool. And yeah, then there that was, was that weird dark room, and then the weird room with all the rubber. Yeah, <laughs> the scuba diving mask, and he puts oh, it good. on. He goes, "What's this?" All called? these thoughts I had of swingers clubs and that were just completely like. Oh yeah, and they're all getting about. They're all about. And I'm like, yeah, average age I'm of good. 65, <laughs> like not well kept. I was like, wow. Well, <laughs> I don't ever want to go. But it's America. I mean, yeah. anything flies over there. Yeah, that was the. No, it happens here. I, I I worked with a guy years ago, and he he was this like little dude. I can't remember his name. I think it might have been Jeff. Jeff. And he he drove a truck, and he was like, he didn't actually work at the place I was at, but he. I, I worked at a company, and we were loading up 
Lemonex Industries and all timbers and yeah. was supplying it, the building trade. And, and he'd come in, he was a courier, and he'd drop out of building sites all the time. And he'd come in and he'd always have magazines in his, his truck. And he was always saying to me, oh, hey, young, hey, good one, hey, I was... Oh, I was at a, had a good. How was your weekend? I, I, you know, not no. I'm just making conversation. Oh, yeah, not bad. I had a pretty good weekend and that. Met some nice birds and yeah, it was, I was slot swinging. Oh. And, and I thought it was just a figure of speech. Yeah, like come out swinging. And, and then I said to me mate, I go, how, how cool is that? And I started saying it. Oh, what are you doing this weekend? So I might be out, out swinging. And, <laughs> and, and people go, people are like, that Jeff guy, he actually swings. That's what he does. He's like. I mean, like seriously, he was about thirty kilos. He was this tiniest little dude. Like he must have been like a tripod, but he was, he was like this tiny little dude, and he was hilarious. Like he was just like, yeah, 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 me and the missus. And I had this imagination that his missus would be massive. Yeah, you know, and he's like, like you know that, yeah, you know that cartoon where that Sheila's sort of knocking up a sign onto a telegraph post, and it's like she's looking for a chihuahua dog. Mm. And it's wedged between her ass cheeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of when he sort of said, "Oh, I mean, the missus were out swinging." I kind of imagine like she'd be like that, and he's that little tiny guy that's yeah. sort of like, yeah, 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 fuck it, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then I went. I said, "So it happens." You know what I mean? And then I, I played league with a guy years ago, and he turned around to me and said, "Yeah, like, yeah, it, it happens." Like, I don't, I don't know what. I'm like, wow, we're, there's this whole subculture that we don't. Yeah. I, I mean, we know music, but they don't know music. You know yeah. what I mean? So there's cultures that go on all... I have friends that are in, like, separate cultures to me. Like, they're all, like... I like cars and things like that as well. Like, and, and to watch them cross over into the bat, like the music world would just spin them out. Like, I couldn't even imagine what it would take me to cross over into swinging. <laughs> what, what, what steps happened in my life... To well, lead I, me to that. I fit the bill because I look wrong. So I'd be right in that department, but it's still weird for me. But I like sticking out in places, though. Like, I go to... There's a place called Matisse Beach Club, right? <laughs> and it's in Scarborough. And it's this, mm. like, loungy pool area. Everything's white. And I used to find it fun to go there. Just because <laughs> I stuck out like a sore thumb. Like, I, I used to go there with our old bassist before I moved to New Zealand. And we loved it. And I think, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going on record as saying I was, I would like to go to a swingers club and I would enjoy it. But I think like the more the thrill would be going there and sticking out and just being like, well, what are you going to do now? What's the next step after this? Because I've got here. I'm, I'm, I seem to be happy. Just, Let's see what happens. Let's go I into that. This, I just had this thought about having like a lycra suit and it just had like dildos <laughs> yeah. hanging off it everywhere. Like a, like a like snor- I had this lycra suit and it was just covered yeah. in dongs. <laughs> and you just go to a swingers party and yeah. you're just like... What now? You're just covered in like... Just, just heaps of dongs. Heaps of dongs. Just, and all it takes yeah. me looking at you going... And like, like you could fall over and like you, you penetrate yeah, somebody. Yeah. You fall. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Scuba goggles with a dick nose. All the girls would be like <laughs> filling out full of piss. So in case you say, can you fall over again? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I just I think I think I love weird cultures like that, and that's, I love that's fucking weird. Yeah, I love scary places and things. That, I think that's that's the weird. Where's part. the scariest place? Because you were talking about ghosts before, so you've obviously mm. got this. You're a little bit. So when you get that sort of that feeling of that hair standing up on the back of your neck and there's chills running up your spine. Do you, a lot of people say because there's a ghost in the room, but no. do you think that'll... 
No, like I get, I just get strange vibes. Like on holiday, I always go to all the cemeteries. I like hanging out at cemeteries. I got lots of lots of Polaroids of cemeteries and gravestones, day or night. It really doesn't bother me because I, I genuinely think that if I was a ghost, I wouldn't hang out at a cemetery because I would rather be off doing other shit. So like I, I always go there because I like seeing my my idea of fun is finding the oldest gravestone that I can wherever I go but the places that really give me the creeps are like um like really empty streets like a friend of mine me and her left a nightclub the other night 5:30 in the morning like and I was like yeah I'll drop me home whatever and we're walking um walking to my car which was a couple of k's away like we're just we're just walking for the fun of it and she stood in the middle of the road like usually it's a really really busy busy street she just stood in the middle of the road and she goes how good is this but how weird does it feel and i stood there and I, I that's when i got the creeps i was like this i was like this doesn't feel right this doesn't fit into that mold of what should usually happen i was like usually there's like cars come past there's 100 clicks now i was like but it was so peaceful, but it just really but gave would it, me the would freaks. Would it be what you perceive the way things should be and it wasn't that? Is that what's given you the creeps? Yeah, that's what gives me the creeps. And yeah. the, 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 uh, I, can't, I can't comprehend it. So it kind of freaks me out because I don't understand it. Like, I, I've seen myself, I'm kind, like, I, I, I read a lot and things like that. I, I, and if I can't understand, if I can't grasp it, that's when I'm like, ooh, this doesn't sit right with me. Hence my crazy fear of, like, ghosts and the supernatural because people can tell me stories all day about ghosts and I can't... There's absolutely nothing in the world that I can say that's going to change that story because I don't I don't know what it is and I can't explain it. Have you ever seen a photo which goes back to around about 1927, 28, of a photo quite famous called The Falling Man? I don't think so. There's a photo being taken, and there's it's just the weirdest photo. Yeah. And there's a, a, a whether, it's creeping or, me out whether or not it's a, a sepia fuck up or it's a production fuck up with the photos. Mm. Back then, it was quite rudimentary photographic sort of stuff. So you were mixing acids and all that kind of stuff to to get the negatives to to produce. Whether or not there's an issue there, but it looks just like a falling man falling from the ceiling. Ooh. It's and it's but it's so bizarre. Yeah. And it, it was back in the day when... And, I mean, I believe that there's a lot of coincidental things that happen that we... Because we are humans and because we are highly intelligent, mm. we assume things to be sometimes that aren't. And we can look and we correlate things that aren't exactly what they are. So we we look for... You know, we find... We, we're, we're a recognition race, if that makes sense. Most yep. animals are. Yep. A zebra can look at another zebra who's got its own individual stripes and can tell which zebra is what zebra due to the fact the way it's painted. We look at a zebra and we can't tell the fucking difference between one and the other. Sometimes I can't tell. You know what I mean? But we we look at humans and we go, okay, I know you. We we can walk down the street and I can pick you out and go, oh, wow, there's Jesse. Yeah. But you walk down the street in Japan and you're another foreigner because people, you know. Ooh. That's creepy, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't see. 
<laughs> but we're, we're so the thing is we when we see something like a that looks kind of like a human form we assume it's a human form and mm -hmm. we do, we think supernatural we don't look at it and go well that could be just a a, a blotch a blotch yeah it's like the orbs you know a lot of the orbs photos where people look at the orbs yeah 99% of the time it's dust or yeah. it's because people take photos with a flash and when you've got a speck of dust that's been illuminated by the flash, it's yeah. going to look cylindrical or it's going to look orbital or it's going to look, you know, like, like, and people go, yeah, because it's light, refra it's light refracting orbs. off that object. Yeah. And it can be as close as it wants. And it's going to be big. The only thing I just, I just can't, uh, I can't, when objects move, that's, that's when things really start to freak me out. When I was a child, I think this is where it comes from. When I was a child, I used to get moved out of my cot onto the floor and behind the door so nobody could get in every night. I, I was a baby. I, was, I, was, I wasn't even walking yet. And it used to pick me up out of the cot, put me on the floor. Wow. Every night. And then ever since then, I've had like these weird things with electricity. Yep. Like um, there's no one else in my family like it, but I can... I've done it so many times with so many friends. I'll be walking home and I'll knock a street light out, light out by walking under it. And then I'll be like, oh, awesome. I'll be like, I'll try and do the next five and I'll get to about three and it'll stop. But I'll knock out about three, three uh, light fixtures easy just by walking past it. Or like if I'm walking past a running car, nine times out of ten, I get electrocuted. You you can see it arc yep. from me and doors and things. Have seen the movie the no, I don't think so. It sounds scary. You need to see the movie powder. Do I, though? It's about exactly that. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I don't know what it is. I never looked into it because I don't want to, I don't want to worry myself. Well, but... have you ever seen um, pictures of where people have their aura? And pe we yeah, have an electro... this gets we into the chakra we, thing. Yeah, again, we right? have an... Yeah, exactly. Like, they say chakra, I say electromagnetic field around the human body. There it is. So, <laughs> you know, people have... And we talk about their aura. So sometimes if you to use one spectrum of lighting, whether it be iridescent or infrared or something like that, you'll see certain types of lighting that sort of circulates around the body. And it's it's like an electric... For all your scientists out there, feel free to just call in and tell me I'm a fuckhead but, yeah. uh, if I'm wrong. But <laughs> the, you get this thing, like, and we call it the aura, and it's this, this you've got electricity around us all the time. People die in gas stations when they start up stuff statically you know mm. what I mean you're trudging along the floor you're actually charging your you know and your epidermis which is your skin mm. is an organ and it contains a lot of water it so it can also con uh, uh, con conducts electricity as mm. well so we end up with this like little electric field around us all the time and we're surrounded by it we don't see it but there's certain lights that can illuminate electric fields and all yeah. that kind of stuff and humans have got this whole electric field around them we've, yeah. we've all got that Around them, and and then I think um, some of us have a greater one than others, and then some of us can absorb it. And no, I do believe it. Have you ever heard of a thing called spontaneous human combustion? Oh, I've read into it. Yeah, yeah. sure. And I think that's got something to do with our electric field as well, and when it actually kind of arcs out a little bit and sets us on fire. Yeah, see, that's maybe something that I've got to look forward to in the future. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> by the sounds of it, I think... This has been brought to you by Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll just one day, I'll just pop, done. Yeah, so I, I haven't heard of a case of it for quite some time, but it's... Uh, no, but then, yeah. It kind of happened a lot in the... 
Now, the, my other theory with that was that it was um, a case of a lot of electromagnetic signals getting to one point. Look, for example, we use electromagnetic magnetic waves, like microwaves and all that kind of stuff. And yep. Microwaves speed up molecular activity, causing that friction to heat things up. So microwaves are actually passing through us all the time. But if we're unfortunate to be in a certain place at a certain time, the microwaves can vortex and get to a point where we're in the wrong place at the wrong time and it speeds us up. And I think that's where a lot of cancers are caused. Yeah, right. Yeah, so no, I see, this is another conspiracy. Though, it's not it? a conspiracy it as much sounds, as a thought that, uh, from a... It sounds like the start of a pretty good conspiracy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I think that um, all these things with mobile phones and radio and, and all these waves out there, yeah. they move through They can move through our body, they move through the air, they move through us. They're, they're, um, I've got a friend, and he's, he's sort of a semi-relative that works in the Air Force, and up at um, the... Up at... Uh, Exmouth, there's yeah. <laughs> a peninsula, and they've got some towers up there which are used for transmitting radio frequencies down to submarines. Okay. Now, to get down to the submarines, they need to use really low frequencies. Now, when we look at frequencies, I'm going to do something that you guys aren't going to be able to see, but I'm making a wave pattern with my hand that is quite aggressive it's not like it's a quite if you imagine it being really choppy the wave when the wave signal is like that it's a high frequency yeah when it's very very little and it's moving pretty straight but just up and down a little bit that's a low frequency wave signal the reason they use low frequencies is because it can penetrate through water and it can get to subs that are down underneath the ocean four five six seven hundred feet you know, 400 metres down below the sea level, and they can still do radio transmission on low frequencies. Now, these low frequency, when they do that, they've got to clear the area out. I've heard stories of people leaving a shifting spanner on top of these towers when they transmitted the low frequency, mm. and it it melted the shifting spanner into the tower because of the low frequency, the, the output, it doesn't get hot, but it microwaves melted the shifting spanner into the tower, and it's still there to this day, on one of the towers what? at Head no, at Exmouth. I've never heard that before. Yeah. How so, have I never read that? Well, it's just stuff that you don't, you don't hear about this stuff. Yeah, because it's Air Force the, stuff. this is the stuff that I like to hear you know? about. And so this is what's happened, and, and, and those frequencies, so... If those frequencies are being put through the air... Imagine they're being we, put through We us. as humans are a molecular being. Yeah. We are a molecular being. We are made up of how many percent of water? What is it, 85? Yeah, it's something close to a watermelon. You know? I think. <laughs> it's the, I think we it's look the, like pigs and we're made up of watermelon. Yeah, I think it's... We're well, a watermelon pig. I think it's the same as a watermelon. I don't think that's correct. What are you doing, boy? I mean watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, no, you might be right, like... We're, we're a high high percentage of water, so therefore we're molecular. Yeah, and whether these frequencies and all that kind of stuff, they've got to they've got to be doing stuff to us. Oh, definitely. You know, they Stunting say our growth. they say mobile we mobile phones. To, we were giants. Now we we're, were short giants. Parts. Now we're short. Look, <laughs> I, I can hardly reach the fucking door. No, I'm coming out of here. Yeah, yeah, and we're only sitting like thirty centimeters. From <laughs> I know, and I don't use my phone, and I don't use computers because I don't know how. 
Yeah. And it's still so that, messing You up. should be taller, is what you're saying. <laughs> I should be. <laughs> I don't know what it is, I think. So, yeah, look, there's all these conspiracy theories. Like, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's conspiracy, but there's so many scientific things that normal people don't think about every day. Yeah. And I, well, I do think about it, but I'm not living in fear because I'm one of those guys that, look, I don't give a shit. I die when I die. Yeah. I don't want to live forever. Yeah. I'm in too much pain to live forever, man. Yeah. You know, like I walk around, I've been beaten up since I was young and I'm not that flash, you know, like I get around, I'm a bit sore and I, I just don't want to, I'm happy to, to tap out at 60, 70, let my daughter grow up to get to know me, you know, get on, marry up, have a family of her own and then I can tap out. Yeah. I, I can sign off. <laughs> I, yeah, see that's, I I, work, I used to work with a guy that was very conspiracy driven and I said, to, I said to him, the only sure thing in this life is death. And he didn't he didn't sit with him well. He goes, yeah, right. Yeah. He goes, I don't like that. And I said, because you can argue with that. He's, it's like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> well, girl, yeah. <laughs> jump out on the road there, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. But I, it, that's see, that's and that's why I'm very because I, I. But have you get a, conspiracy theory nuts, and you get conspiracy theorists that actually are quite, and it it boils down to the person individually. Yeah, if you're a nutbag, you're a nutbag. Oh, but I used to make him little tin hats on lunch. Like I'd I'd eat my sandwich and then I'd make him a little tin hat out of my alfoil and I'd leave it for him. I'd be like, "This is yours, mate." One of my favourite Facebook posts I ever did was a friend of mine sent me a picture and it was an impending storm, and he was going sailing. Yeah. And he goes, "Oh, big storm coming. Well, best get out sailing." You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's exactly Carl. Right. Um, Billy Carl for all the people that know him. I've got to get Carl on the podcast. He's hilarious. I like the sounds of it. And um, Carl. Yeah, you'll it'll be a good good. I'll get him on the podcast. He's got to be on it. I'll go down the farm and I'll do a, a series of podcasts with Carl. And anyway, uh, he's gone, <laughs> best best be off sailing. And you can see the looming thunderclouds and all that behind him and all that kind of stuff. Lightning, it looked like there was lightning in the background. Not that I wasn't there, but it looked like there was a possibility of. So I wrote, Carl, I'm, a, I'm really concerned for your welfare. I'll, I'm just telling you as a friend that really cares for you and wants the best for you in life the only thing I can say from here on in is wear a tinfoil hat (laughs) (laughs) that's all you can do that's all you can do and that's the the exact same thing that we're you know that we're trying to do with bands like we've all made a decision now we're we're getting a bit older we don't want to be in a big band we just want to play music with our friends now and that's it because yeah, you don't know what's going to happen you literally you, everyone takes everything for granted and they go I want to be in this big band and they try so hard and they forget everything else in life and they don't enjoy it where and, people miss the boat too is that if you're just out enjoying it that's where the best you're music enjoying is made it. and you know what people will look at a band that is having fun and yeah. it's attractive yeah if people are serious or they're taking it... I've been in bands where the people take it so serious. Mm. And don't get me wrong, that sounds fantastic. And they've got a great following. Mm. But me as a musician couldn't stand it. Yeah, I was gross. just like, man, I, 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 for me, music is my passion. I, I love it. And I, you know, I've been around the industry for a lot of years, but I'm not, one of the, I'm not a guru. I'm not a music head, yeah. if that makes sense. I yeah. just, that's all I've done for the last 30 years. I've been in the industry. I've done this, done that. 
what can you fuck about it, really? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what <laughs> You know, like, I go home, I haven't even got a guitar in my house. Yeah. What? what <laughs> I, I don't understand these people that come up to you and they say, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. What the hell makes you a professional? Like, nothing makes you a professional. We're all in this big hobby. You know, the <laughs> weird thing is, I've, sh- I've shared the stage with some of the best in Australia. Mm. I've worked with some world-class people. Mm. And I'm a fucking useless fuck. Like, I, 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 I'm, I'm just a hacker. Yeah. We're it, all fucked. Man, man, I know three chords. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, how the hell... How, you know, and it's, and, and it's... And then I realise that it's not... You know, you can be the most fucking proficient musician you can be. You know what it is? The reason I get these gigs is not because of that. It's because I have fun. Nothing bothers me. I'll get the job done. And I'm a worker. Yeah. And that's why I end up in these situations where I'm playing with people like, you know, like a couple of weeks back, the, the previous, the guy sitting where you are right now mm. was a guy called Phil Emanuel. I don't know if you know that guy, but you've got Phil and Tom Emanuel who are some of the best uh, guitarists in the world. Yeah, they do a lot of, um, yeah, like really, really like European style, like, um, isn't the, it like really like... Acoustic. You, yeah, well, like, well, Tom plays acoustic stuff and Phil's cool. Is there someone knocking? I don't know what it is. Should we go check? Or are they bringing down the thing? Oh, that'll be the bin getting done outside. Oh, that'll be it. Or is it a ghost? Oh, see, I'm off it already. Like I was parked near that bin. No, that definitely sounds like a bin. Or is it? It's a well, conspiracy. Night. Tonight's a night. Tonight's been night. Could be a giant. It could be aliens. <laughs> it could really. be anything. But we you just know got what? freaked out by sound, and you guys <laughs> all got to be part of it. Yeah, that was. Yeah, so we were talking about Phil Emanuel, and then we freaked yeah, so, out. So these guys are sitting beside. I mean, Phil Emanuel, like he's a guitar god. Yeah, I'm trying and, to think. And, of and the he's music. sitting there, and people go, "How the hell did you get to hang out with Phil Emanuel?" You know, and it's like, I've got no idea. Mm. Every time. Every time something spooky happens, this happens. Oh. Washy Mosh. No, no. No, no, darling. I'm doing a podcast, so I'll be home soon. You're spilled? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be down here for a little bit. I just got spooked out by... thought someone was breaking in. It was the bin getting done. So... With Jesse. With Jesse. <laughs> Jesse exactly. from our secret band, which is now Dead Rivals. Okay. Yeah, it's good. I need to do one. I haven't done one for ages. All right. Nice. You go to sleep. I'll sneak in and cuddle you to death when I get home. Oh, sure. Have a shower All right. And then you please do all this. Oh, you mean do the shower screen thing to clean it? <laughs> I always do. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you always do. <laughs> I didn't know what we were talking about then. I thought, All maybe right. I'll have to leave. Ciao, now. Ciao, darling. <laughs> the other night. Do the shower thing. I was like, oh. Uh, that was my wife, everybody. That my excuse. That's my cue to yeah, leave. You go, yeah, you go. I'll just, uh, <laughs> I'll do a few ads while that while you're... <laughs>
Do you need to go to the top? No, I'm fine. Oh, I oh. thought that was my excuse too when she was saying, do the shower thing. I was like, oof. Yeah. I was like, And I was like, oh, yeah. I am yeah. No, actually, I'm out of here. No, we've got this shower clean stuff that we need to spray all the time to keep the scale off. Do you use Rain-X? It's the, it's the earth-friendly stuff. Oh. Rain-X. Yeah, Rain-X no. is best. Um, it's like earth. It's like earth. That earth stuff. That yeah, washing powder stuff. Yeah, they use stuff. it on marble as well. I use it on the marble in yeah. my house. It's not that good. That's how rich I am for music. Using marble in my house. There's not. <laughs> you got marble in your house. Oh, uh, we have With, some next, Is that what the grand piano is sitting on? Yeah, that's what my grand piano and also has several of my Emmys. Emmys, <laughs> Grammys. <laughs> I didn't even know what they're called. Emmys. I'm a. Actor. Are you a driver? So yeah, I've only had one of these though. Like, oh no, I've had about yeah, well, whatever. I'll do half and then put a bit yeah. of uh, limo in it. Limo. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh shit. Even their boxes are cheap. The boxes oh, are cheap. Shit. Oh, I have to go. Try That's that. Right. I'll try a bit of s- both. Pasito for all the hockey fans out there. Hey, bit, bit of a twist. But we're uh, no good convert. It's been going good. Mm. Good podcast. What do you think at home? Do you think Jesse should stay or should he become a ghost? Yeah, I. If subscribe if that's what you do to this. I don't know. And you can find us on uh, you can find us on iTunes, and those that don't have the access to iTunes on a Apple phone, you can also go to SoundCloud. Ah, uh, yep. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, SoundCloud's good. Yeah, I like SoundCloud. And you can download all the uh, all the uh, the stacks podcasts. Yeah, this is good. I'm enjoying this. Jesse, I feel like jamming, but uh, I'm a little bit close to the neighbours. Mate, where can we go? Where do you think we can go and... Uh, oh. wait, is, have you got any idea like, where we well, can I'm... go make some racket without pissing off the neighbours? I'm glad you asked. Yep. I think that would be the Rock Garage. Yeah, I've heard of that place. I have. It's pretty good. Yeah. Just... Is that the place in Joondalup? It is. 24 Mercer Lane, Joondalup? I, I think it is. Yeah. Next to Jaden Spass. Next to Jaden Spass. <laughs> and Joondalup And Ju- it's wedged right between Jaden Spass. So if you like playing guitar and getting naked sweaty style, yeah. head on down to the Rock Garage and do neither. And come into our room because they will be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how we do it. But don't come in our room because we'll be riding. Actually, I had a uh, band the other... Oh, yeah, so that's uh, the Rock Garage. Rock Garage. <clears throat> that's... Unit 424, Mercer Lane, 0477-471917. The most funky, hip, fun time, fat sack rehearsal rooms on the planet. Fuck the rest of the guys. Get yourself to the Rock Garage, Joondalup. Yeah, it's pretty good. That was a good ad. It was great. Ad. Yeah, yeah. I like to throw them in occasionally. Fifty dollar Tuesdays. Fifty buck Tuesdays. Fifty dollar Tuesdays. Fucking fifty bucks. You can't find that at any studio. Like honestly, you can't find that in any studio. No, no. It's like two foils. Mm. We're real cheap, so we like to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it amazing that ten bucks makes a difference? More money for weed. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did I? Oh, fuck me. I'm gonna. I've just drank that. Did I just pour one? I poured you one. You poured me one. That's how it's getting... I'm spinning out. The second half of this podcast is going to be hilarious. Yeah. I've got a question to ask you, actually. I like them. I like them. Who's your favourite musician that you've ever played with? And I'm not talking, like, to play on stage. I'm not talking about, like, if you've ever jammed with anyone or anything. You know how you just get those people that you just, on a platonic level, you just work? Oh, I've definitely got one. Mm -hmm. I've got another one, which I'll tell you about, which I'll throw in the mix as well. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to my childhood. I'll talk about the other one first, and then I'll tell you about the one. Yeah. 
the one. Um, the other one is a guy called Michael Elborn, who, when I was a kid, I grew up with, and we discovered music about the same time. Mm-hmm. We used to sit in science class when we were years sort of seven and eight at school, mm. and we'd just sing, and he'd tap tap on the table doing, and I'd just make up songs about the teacher and all that kind of stuff. And we just had this connection musically from school days. Now, Michael lives over where I grew up. Over East. Over East, which okay, is in yeah. the Newcastle area. Mm-hmm. And I moved over here in 1999. So, and we, we actually never played. He played professionally for a long time as well. Yeah. Great bassist, great singer, great guitar player, really competent and a really cool guy. So he just, um, he's just really just in the groove, just in the pocket sort of player. Really nonchalant about his music, you yeah. know. Like he was just a guy. Like he went and worked and oh, spun, hate people that are spun, that cool. spun spinners <laughs> like all day and all that kind of stuff. And then yeah. we go play at night. And he's like, oh yeah. And you go, are you a muser? He wouldn't dress like a muser. He wouldn't talk like a muser. He'd talk like a normal guy yeah. who just happened to be really good at music. Uh, yeah. So he was one of those guys. That's and, good. And then I grew up kind of into hip hop. And then when I was at that age, I was right in the rugby league and I was playing a lot of rugby league and. Music came later what, on. What year are we talking here? Oh, Give this is like when I was 17, 18, 19. Okay. So, so, so you were listening to hip-hop? That's a fair while ago. Hip-hop. I was, in, I was in the Run DMC. There it is. Beastie okay, Boys. Yeah. The first um, Beastie Boys when they were a punk band. Nah, well, yeah, a little bit. But then more into their hip-hop. I was yeah. massive on Run DMC. I absolutely loved them around that age. Yeah. And then Alice in Chains sort of hit the scenes for me around 1920 and I discovered the grunge sound. Yeah, but it all merged into one. Nirvana kind of turned me onto it, but then I fell off Nirvana pretty quick. I wasn't a fan of Nirvana. I was into things like Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains. Did you ever listen to Mud Honey? Love Mud Honey, mm-hmm. Mud Honey and um, Super Fuzz Big Muff mm-hmm. and uh, Pearl Jam. You know, So I was into that kind of sort of flavour. Mm-hmm. Um, a band called Stained. Yeah, it's stained. Um, wasn't it S T A I N D? Or yeah, am I just making yeah, that no, up? Yeah, no, no, that's spot on. Yeah. <laughs> My musical knowledge is just shit ass. No, 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 facts. it's really good. So I was into that kind of stuff, and but by that time, in that Michael and I, we didn't really play much. We actually, yeah. we it's something we never done together. We're both musos, and we're both, we're good mates. Yeah, but we don't play music together. We did when we were younger, but we never did when we we're older because yeah. we do because we're always. I was, he was off playing. I was never at his level at a young age. I caught up later on in life, you know yeah. what I mean? Because so, um, I was doing sport and all that kind of stuff, and I thought I was going to be the best league player on the planet. As everybody thinks when and, they You know, when you're that age and I was chasing women and having fun and getting pissed and going fishing and driving four drives up the beach, and I was, I was surfing nearly every day. Yeah. So I was doing all that kind of stuff as well, and music wasn't really taking the front seat where Michael was out doing it back then. And then when Michael sort of goes, oh, I'm all over it, that's when I started switching onto it. But we kind of, so we never crossed paths. But yep. to this day, I'd love to go back and play with Michael and because and, we, we kind of had the same... And we, I've talked to him recently and I said, you know, I'd love to play with you again with Andy. He goes, yeah, man, me too. I'd love to... Yeah. It's something we always talk about because we, we just... And when we used to play, we used to play and just know where each other was going. Early that's, days, you know? Like, that's how it should be. Because we kind of grew up in the same area and had the same flavour of music and... and where I grew up was very. It's kind of got this particular style of music about it. It's very country, kind of mountain type music. It's very Steve Earlish. Okay. Yeah. Um, Steve Earl, you might know from Copperhead Road. Yeah. He's got a ton of other stuff, but that's what I, like I know. Copperhead from. Road. Yeah. yeah. Everyone knows Copperhead Road, but he's. It's. It's, one of, it's okay. Compared do you know to that, that song is about rum running? 
It is, yeah. 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 Uh, but it's the only song I know, but I know that yeah, fact. Yeah, uh, he's got some great songs. Yeah, it's about NASCAR. So, so I grew up in an area that was sort of coal mining town like, and produced a lot of that kind of music. Yeah. I moved to Western Australia in 1999 and I met a guy called Peter Ranzullo in about 2001. Yeah. Peter Ranzullo's got Scudley Records here in Perth. Yeah. Um, and Peter and I clicked instantly. Yeah. Peter's one of the most amazing musicians I've ever met. He plays... Do you remember that stuff where the mandolin was on the guitar? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. kind of mountainy sort of App- Appalachian type music? Yeah. That was Peter and I playing. Oh, okay. And Pete playing the mandolin and me playing the guitar. So I do this flat picking guitar stuff and Pete just compliments it with the mandolin. Yeah, that was awesome. And he's the one player where I can just play anything and go anywhere and he's just, he's there. And he just, he's amazing, you know what I mean? And, you know, so he's my the guy who I love playing with more than anyone and I've played with guys like Pop Standen, Phil Emanuel um, been on stage with other people as well that are really remarkable but Peter for me is the guy that I go if I could ring up anyone and say will you play with me you're my first choice ever mm. is Peter Ranzillo and he's in the big jack with me so I'm stoked oh okay yep and that's the music we're producing together it's just it's finally, it's finally happened you know, yeah it's like it's, that. we're starting to do stuff together and um, and the results are crazy because we're we've, we're good at what we do. I'm a good vocalist. I'm a good rhythm guitarist. He's a shit up lead guitarist. He's a good songwriter. Um, yeah. Dean Lucas is a great bassist. We've got a guy that's come from a, a pipe band playing drums, so he's got pipe, oh, yeah, so, so he's got like beautiful rhythms, his yeah, rudiments, which just crazy. which suits this blues style. That yeah, paradiddles and yeah, parad- exactly, yeah. and it's just it's just beautiful drumming. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he's a he's a drummer. Like he's a he's not a rock drummer that just like, does yeah. he does a smash shit. Yeah, he plays the drums. You know? Yeah. And then we've got, um, you know, Mason from Doodle Up Music here playing keys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that guy's a genius who's done yeah. work all over the world, like doing music scoring for movies, and the guy's a freak. Yeah, I don't... Um, and then I we've see. got another guy now called who's a kind of a little genius himself, but he's really unassuming, called Michael Nagno, just about to join the pants. So we're going to have this six-piece blues band that are just going to go kick ass. That's you know? awesome. You'll be playing yeah. blues and roots in no time. I got the drill 
So as we kick off and the people here they go we've got to get these guys yeah I like Blues and Roots Festival mm. yeah, we kind of got that American confidence that you get with Keb Mo and his band and all that kind of stuff we've got it with this yeah. but we've got kind of that hard edge sort of almost ACDC vocals yeah to a blues thing see I'm going to I'm going to admit something as we're talking about music I'm going to admit something straight out nobody I've never heard anybody go like think this I don't like pub rock yeah, right. I don't like pub rock, and I can't seem to find a band that I like in that genre. Yep. Because, I don't know, I've listened to, like, lots of music. Are you talking going back in time when we go back to, like, the uh Like, through I'm 80s thinking, like, yeah, like, like that, that, like, really hard-working, it was a blue Like, collar. Screaming Jets type pub yeah, rock. Yeah, like, you had the Screaming Jets, you had... Barnsey, yeah. you had ACDC, you had I don't I don't know because I've never really, but I just don't I just can't cold chisel that's it I just can't get into but it. I, for, see, I, I look at you. You're a, you're quite a competent musician and you play keys, so therefore you understand a little bit more that, about music because I notice people who play piano do. Yeah, you understand a lot more about music than a lot of musicians, and a lot of the guys playing pub rock don't learn methodically or they don't learn classically yeah. therefore they're kind of constricted to what they know as they know it and it's more mimicking than creating yeah okay maybe that's it yeah so, i mean i've met i i actually told um angry anderson from he was in rose tattoo i think rose tattoo, yeah. i told him we were down at a the prince of wales in bunbury and we were playing a show down there and he was, you know, oh, I was just drinking with us, like, whatever, I think, 
I don't know what he was doing there. Fuck knows. But um, yeah, he, we were talking to him and being angry. Yeah, he's just being just angry being, somewhere. Oh well, I thought he was going to be hell angry towards me. But he was actually a nice bloke. He's a real nice guy. He was scary. Like you're looking at me like shit. This guy's about to kick off, but he never did. Yeah. I told him I was like, look, I don't like pub rock. And he goes, I don't fucking blame you, mate. <laughs> and that was it. That's <laughs> all I got from him. And I was like, seems- that is not the answer I wanted. I, I want, I need a band that I can hear pub rock. And I go, yay, finally I, I get I, it. I, I had the, I was fortunate enough to play one night up in Geraldton with a guy called Pixie, um, the fiddler, who he's a really good fiddle player that played a lot with John Williamson. Hey, Pixie played with him for a lot of years and we did a show up in Jero and um, Pixie was up there and he got me to play bass for him and uh, Leon Tioki was playing guitar and we all just jammed one night and done a lot of stuff that like we done Devil Came Down to Georgia and all those oh, kinds of songs yeah. you know just part like basic part like party songs oh no no, like, like, no they're kind of like country sort of stuff oh, like, and for me countries oh, I'm all over country oh, 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 it's in me so I yeah, can play yeah. it yeah, and and a lot of people go, oh, country is so slow. Actually, country is quicker than a lot of metal. Yeah, it's two four time. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's got that kind of. It's it's actually quite. And then on bass, it's all running like surf rock. Yeah, you know, so you sort of yeah, like running not surf rock. What you saying? And. And we're in it. We're going. We're, and I play with a guy called Pop Standard too. And mate, he he gets this. And if you're playing drums with it, you you know you just can't yeah. keep up. So what you do is, uh, as a bassist, you actually slow down half time, half time, and it sounds right and yeah. everything works. Oh. And he, we, we but we've got to play with people. And I was talking to him about like you know like because Leon goes, oh let's do, we're doing a lot of, of his stuff and. Pixie was all over the fiddle and he was playing he was going off like and I just said man that's just like listening to a, a lead guitarist just go absolutely sick mm. and we talked about pub rock too on our break we sat down there on the back of the lounge and we having a yarn having a beer and um, he goes yeah he goes I'm, I'm the same he goes for 20 years it's been shoved down my throat he goes I love everything outside he goes I like the harder stuff the metal and rock because yeah. I like the intricacy and yeah. the, the, the melodic aspect of it and then I like slower stuff like waltzes and because of the the beauty of it yeah and he said the thing with slower music is you capture the beauty of the music the faster you play you don't have time to appreciate what are you playing and we talked about um dave gilmore and pink floyd mm-hmm. how he just seems to know how long to hold a note he has an uh, the perfect understanding of time and space in a song yeah like and he has it's like comedic timing yep except his is musical timing yeah. And he knows exactly. And as much as people will rip on Phil Collins, <laughs> I'm going to bring up Phil Collins. Phil Collins is the same. Is the same. No, okay. He has the perfect understanding of timing in music, where to place things. And it could be 10 minutes, it could be an hour. It, yeah, and it's it not. Comes. And, and I think where a lot of people make mistakes musically is they're in a hurry. Mm-hmm. They sound like they're in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And there's no time to savour. Yeah. And and bands these days are afraid of silence. They're very afraid of silence. Mm. They're afraid that silence is going to just. I get frustrated with musicians that feel like they need to fill spaces. Yeah. yeah. It's like, hang on, no no one's doing something there. I'll do something. No, no, no. Just just leave it alone. Just let it be. People people enjoy watching bands in silence. Getting back to Peter. Yeah. That's what I love about the guy because he 
um, does just that. He knows how just to let the moment be and just let it ride out. You know? Yeah, that's that's awesome. There's there's a band uh, from where are they from? They're from like I'm not I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> they're from like one of the polar areas. They're called Siguros and S I G U R R O S. And if you enjoy silence and things like that, this is the best band in the world. <laughs> they 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 really know They're how not to the, write. Who was it that Tom put on an album? They called it like Sweet Silence or something like that, and they actually had just, nothing for three minutes. Or, yeah, <laughs> it was quite clever. It was, it was a metal band that put out this EP, and um, not a, they. Everyone was waiting for it. I can't remember who it was. It was a band from Tassie. Everyone was waiting for it. They cut this one record. And then they put it up on their Facebook and they're like, the record's been cut. And then everyone was watching and they literally like put it down on a table and smashed it to pieces with a hammer and that was it. That was the end of their band. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That's cut. the best way to do it. Yeah. I was like, congratulations. Literal humour. Yeah, good on you, boys. Well, we're going to take a short break, mate. Is there, any, uh, is there anything you'd like to listen to on the podcast while we take the short break? Um, anything you want to listen to? Yeah, have you guys got anything online that we can listen no, to? No, we haven't, but um, I'm sure you could probably find from our previous band called Santa Muerte, which I haven't actually mentioned that band yet. That would probably fly pretty good. You it's, know, on, it's on YouTube? Uh, yeah, that's on YouTube. There's lots on YouTube of All Santa right. Muerte. So do you want to tell us what we're about to listen to and we'll have a listen? Uh, this is probably the most alternative prog rock thing that we could have done um, it's pretty much the band as it is now, except my best mate was drumming for us, and also we had our lead singer Jared Nietzsche, and um, he's a very talented vocalist. And um, yeah, this is it, um, Santa Muerte. <laughs>
Progressive, all right. Uh, yeah, definitely progressive. Probably, uh, probably the most progressive that any of my bands ever were. Falling apart. Oh no, the, the cast wine is getting to you. <laughs> I know. I might have to camp here. Um, I was, I was thinking before was, there was a, there was another musical question I was going to ask you. Right? Okay. So, um, I always pose this to people. Right? Not what are your what are your top few not favourite albums, but what do you reckon is your most influential albums that you sat down and you listened to and go, you either went, I want to be in this band or I want to I wanna write something like this band or you went, obviously Alice in Chains is one. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. without a doubt. What, what are some of your others? Um, it's a tough one. It really is tough. Yeah, it is. I've listened to a lot of albums. But you, you know, the weird thing is, is that I don't listen to a lot of music. Mm, me either. I have, mm. but I'm not one of the guys that goes home and I'll listen to music in the car. I'll listen to podcasts. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I get more out of a podcast than I ever do out of well, music. Okay, well, what, what, what are your most influential moments where you thought, I want to write well, something based off this? This gets back to Alice in Chains and... <laughs> Uh, it was back in the days of being a stoner surfer mm-hmm. and all eating a lot change. of biscuits one day while I was sitting in the green panel van and my mate Blocker's panel van eating the whole, going through a whole pack of ice vovos or something and, <laughs> and we just had old, but it takes me back to just great times. Yeah. Um, it took me, and, and they say music reminds you of, certain times therefore it's that it's what has its influence on me like yeah they were great times surfing every day just no cares in the world playing footy hanging out with the boys um running a mark just no cares and and, and freedom mm-hmm. back then compared to today yeah uh you could camp at a lot of places on, on the beach where you just can't now yeah um and just stay three or four days and surf, and no one cared as long as you just didn't ruin the place. Yeah, you were as long fine as you didn't to stay. Or anything and, like that, you were fine. Yeah, like we used to pull up like on surf breaks and just stay and camp on the side of the road in a van, and no one would ever tell you to move on. Like people go, "What are you doing?" Well, they knew what you're doing. You're surfing. You're there for three days to surf and sleeping in the van, getting up, going for waves during the day, getting pissed on cask wine of a night, <laughs> talking shit. You know, like. Smoking a bit of a, a bit of hoojar and then yeah. going to bed and then getting up and doing it all again that's the next day. That's pretty much what I've done tonight. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it, you know, like that's what we that's what we were doing and it was awesome, you know, and and so that music was a big part of those days because I was obsessed with them back then and I just thought they were the greatest things ever and there was something about Lane Staley's voice that sort of the music what the lyrics were about was always about being down and he sang a lot about heroin addiction and all that kind of stuff. Was he a heroin addict? Majorly. Oh, was he? But that's not what reflected with me. It was more the harmony, the sound of it. I love the guitar work. Yeah. I love the output that was coming out more so than what the songs were about, you know, but, you know, nothing better than dealers. So I kind of, when he was talking about dealing and dabbling in all the darkness, well, I kind of related that to just drinking and smoking a bit of pot. Yeah. So it was kind of where I was at with that kind of thing, but where, you know, like I was never, I never did hard hard drugs, so to speak. So I was never like at the point where I was like 
down on heroin and, and could it, I, I didn't assimilate or find I had, you know, connections there with that yeah. kind of thing. But I just love the sound. I love Jerry, the harmonies. Yeah. With heaviness and harmonies. There you go. Yes. But then they turned around and done an acoustic album and went, oh, fucking, this is beautiful. Yeah. So when when I was into this heavy, so like if they sound if they done five albums that just sounded like dirt, I would be pretty bored with them pretty quickly. Their versatility was pretty cool, yeah. and it kind of grew up with me. And I was listening to that kind of stuff. But man, I I know most of the lyrics to most Run DMC songs. You know, like cause yeah. I, was, I was into Run DMC. I just love what they put. And it's for me, music's never been about what they sing about, what they look like. It's purely what my ears hear. Yeah. And if I hear something, they're like, man, I get into that, you know? Um, Pantera, I love Pantera. Yes. I just love ah. the rhythm in Pantera. The rhythm is See, I, I was I was all for it until <laughs> recently Phil Anselmo <laughs> decided that he was going to jump up on stage and uh, give a big strange white power speech and have you seen that yeah but you can't take that away from pantera oh no you can't i can't take that you away you can from turn around pantera. and say phil and selma is a dick oh but he's always been a dick so there's no surprise there really there's no surprise there when but phil and is a dick when pantera were kicking it like back in 1995 oh they were they're on top of the world they were just the shit yeah they, oh, they pantera for me, are were still one of the, the shit you listen their music will never age Mm. And you listen now, like, Vulgar Display, a power album, is just amazing. Like, it's just, holy crap, Cowboys from Hell's great. Yeah. But Vulgar Display is just, for me, it is the pinnacle of metal albums of all time, of all genre metal. Anything related to metal, I think that is one of the best albums ever. And it's just... If you can walk into a jam room full of guys that listen to metal and go, have you heard of Vulgar Display of Power by... All of them Every, yeah, everyone's heard it. And it's not but not only has everyone heard it, everyone likes it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Pantera, but I understand where they were coming from. Yeah. See, I listened, when I was growing up in my big metal phases, I was listening to like bands like Brugeria and Soulfly yep. and Il Nino. And I grew up on this really strange... My, my cousin had all these like really strange old like Roadrunner tapes. And he used to put them on for me when I was... I would have been, like, five or six. And he used to put them on for me. And, I'd, you know, I'd watch Brugeria and Soulfly live from Brazil somewhere. And I'd go, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, how are bands doing this? So I, I kind of missed... I kind of missed bands like Slayer, Pantera and Sepultura and things like that because it was never... It was never mentioned in my realm. But it's sort of an age thing too. I mean, you're how old are you now? I'm 27 this year. Yeah, so not that young, but you're still. No. I mean, you're still 15 young, years younger than me. So you've got um, that's a bit of space between bands. And, yeah. And and I had I, I looked at young guys coming through, and and for them, old bands were like Slipknot, and old bands were yeah Soulfly, and and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going, well, they actually they're not. For me, I, I grew up when things like Anthrax were kicking it. and yeah, Anthrax are still kicking it, by the way. Yeah, like <laughs> they, when they were sort of out doing stuff. Like I was a bit old. So when, I, when, when Thrash lived and it wasn't metal, it was When Thrash hit the scene, thrash. well, that's when I was young yeah. and I was part of that generation coming yeah. through that was like, 
Wow. Well, there was a band out. I watched this. Where Judas Priest were heavy. Yeah. Well, there was this band out, and I watched watched this um, documentary the other day about this band that came out at the same time as Black Sabbath, except the singer was a... Well, he was a heroin addict, but he wasn't that far into drugs. He was he was further into drugs than Ozzy Osbourne or anything ever was, and um, I f- I forget what the documentary is called, but just to see that there was a band exactly like it's them. An anvil. No, it was an anvil. No, no, I can't remember what they were called, but it it well, if you know it, write in. But um. It, it's amazing. They were tenfold better than Sabbath and they never got anywhere. And to think how many bands were actually out there like that that I've never heard of, it kind of like breaks my heart I see, a little bit. I see it when we go out in Perth. Yeah. I see bands that are being played on the radio that people think are amazing. Yeah, and there's bands in and Perth. And then we go out in Perth and we and I go, you are kicking ass. Mm. Why, you're just far better than anything I've heard. Yeah. It's ridiculous no. the amount of bands that get missed. It's... But, but the, it's the same old, same old. Back in the seventies, people liked a band that kicked it and sounded awesome. Yeah, and it was the music which is what flew the flag. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's this whole package about how do they look? Have they got a girl singer? Do they look like this? Are they singing the type of music that people want to hear? I'll tell you what people want to hear. And what's happened is we've trained our ear not to hear quality music. Like that, mate. That you bang on. There's people. I, I go out in Perth and I listen to some of these artists and that that are playing out in Perth. I mean, right down to solo artists that I just think, you skip you back 30 years. And you would have been killing it. And you would have been one of the best in the world. Yeah. Well, like there's... Bob, if Bob Dylan picked up a guitar now and went out and started singing... He'd have no chance. He would be told to get into bush poetry pretty quick. Yeah. There's, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a really relevant person at the moment called C.W. Stone King who is really like this Mississippi, dark, jazzy, like... Um, it's got a cool name. Steve. Yeah, C.W. Stone, Stone King. Where's he from? Uh, I think he's from Australia. Don't quote me on this, but I think he's from Australia. And it is this voodoo rock and roll. And everything he's recorded, it sounds like he's recorded, you know, like 60, 70 years back. And it is like muddy waters would have just gone. Who is this guy? Yeah, this right. is incredible. Sounds a bit like Dr. John McRabbinate. Yeah, it's it's very like it's very, it's just voodoo. Gotta be the right place. Yeah, it's gotta it's, be the wrong time. And but gotta be the right place. He released this album last year. Yeah, <laughs> and and I go up to people and I'm like, have you heard this? And Man, like, look what people are wearing. People are dressing yeah. now like we were back in 1981. I've dressed the same since I was about 16 years old. I was same, man. I was brought up on <laughs> Quicksilver Bordies and whatever surf shirt you get your hands <laughs> yeah, on. I and thongs. I don't buy into and fashion. And a trucker's cap yeah. with a surf fucking yeah. thing on it. I cut my hair once and that was about it. I used to have like real and I still, you know, I still appear on stage like that. I'll go play a blues fest. Mm. And I walk out in quickie boardies, parathons, and surf cap. Because if you're making good music, <laughs> who honestly gives a shit but about you, what but you the, look no, like? No, but I think you've got to represent who you are in the way. Why do you? What I've always spun out is people that um, by day they walk around in their boardies and thongs and all that kind of stuff. Then they go, "Oh fuck, I'm playing a gig tonight," and then dress up like dress a loser. Dressed to the nines, yeah. But do you ever wear that? No. Yeah. Well, you're not really representing who you are. There's only one band that gets away with dressing up, apart from Slipknot, obviously. 
and Tism and Tism. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got Gore. Okay, so there's a few Gore, Tism, Slipknot. Um, I've got more. Um, uh, oh, uh, are you gonna say Ghost? Nah. Something oh. clown posse. Oh, insane clown posse. Insane clown posse. <laughs> I love insane. <laughs> Our singer wears insane clown posse shirts, and I always think it's super weird. <laughs> I mentioned it to him the other day, and he goes, "Man, they're really good. You should listen to them." And I listened to him, and they were terrible. But I understand where he's coming from. Um, but there's this band called Ghost, and uh, what's his name from? Oh, this is gonna kill me. He's the drummer from Nirvana, uh, <laughs> and he's in. Uh, what Dave Grohl? Dave Grohl, fuck, I can't believe I've got oh, his name. It happens. It happens. I yeah, couldn't, I couldn't remember Mozart's name the other day. <laughs> there's, there's this band called Ghost, and they wear literally that. It's like big masks. And what Dave Grohl's playing with them? He did. They're a band called Ghost, and they're they sound like Iron Maiden. They're present, but when they hold their shows, they hold this like big. It's like a ceremony. Like they come out and they're in cloaks and big masks and they're called Ghost. <laughs> they used to be called. Um, I wonder who scared them. Yeah, they used to be called Ghost BC, but they beat the naming rights for some other band called Ghost. So now they are literally just called Ghost. And they're the only band called Ghost. And um, yeah, Dave Grohl played for them for years. And no one knew. Yeah. And they're the only band to pull that oh, off. Josh Holm was involved in that. Well, that's what made me think. Like, they could, it could be anyone. And the fact that they managed to keep Dave Grohl undercovers is just insane. I saw them once backstage at Soundwave. Well, he probably financed a lot of the getting the naming rights and all that. Yeah, well, he's they, into weird shit. Yeah, oh, yeah, but it's cool. Dave Grohl's like a local hero, even though he doesn't live here. He's probably only been here a handful of times. He's like a local hero for music, I think. He just done a uh, recently done a documentary called "Is the Sound Studios or Sound Sound World or Sound Really Soundworld or Soundcraft or Sound Studios or Craftwork? Oh, there's something, <laughs> but it's a documentary on an old. It's all about a mixing desk. Yeah, and. There's this guy in England who built this mixing desk, which mixed this mixing desk mixed a lot of the music that you and I know. Like it's, it was all done on this desk. It yeah. was, it well, was it everything it from Dylan to. It wasn't the one from Jimi Hendrix's studio, was it? Uh, from um, I can't remember his studio. I can't remember what it's called. I don't know, but it was it was there's so many, electric uh, electric ladyland. There was ex- well, there was oh, all these people that had. You know, been on this house, uh, like had recorded through this desk, you know, and the place was a dive. Like it was, that's awesome. It was, but this desk was just built by this guy who built this desk, hand built it, and it just sounded unbelievable. Yeah, and all these albums were created on it, and it was like, and then all of a sudden everyone went digital, and now and Dave Grohl, and then this this studio died. You know, this is going back in eighty seven, eighty eight, mm. and it died, and then Dave Grohl eventually found where this desk was and, and bought it and put it in a U-Butte studio and the desk is now recording Foo Fighters out. Of course it is. And everybody else because they still <laughs> want to go through this desk. Yeah, right. Because of the history of it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think the digital age is that's, actually starting to That's why music. in this studio I have Alan Heath desks because they 
have got a particular sound. They're hand-built, aren't they? Like, I'm running cheap shit speakers, but it sounds good in the rooms because of the desks. Desks. Those desks have got a particular sound. They're just so analogue. Yeah. They're just so raw and so analogue, and, you know, they're they're just great desks. You know, people put, like, all these things in a room to make it sound good and all that. People spend, you know, they, oh, you need these speakers or you need that speakers. Speakers are fucking speakers. Yeah. The thing with speakers is they're tougher on the road than others. Yeah. These are shit. You take them outside and they fucking fade in the sun. Yeah. They're crap. But they sound great. Yeah. If and if it can if sound a, good on those. If they're in a studio where they just sit still, yeah. they're fine. Yeah. But it, if you put it through, like, oh, I've got a Yamaha desk and it sounds terrible. I've got a uh, Behringer desk, they sound shite. I've got all this, but the Allen and Heath desks just sound fucking awesome. Yeah. And, that, and that's why I have them. And, and you can see why a mixing desk can be so important. does develop a particular sound. Yeah. I've, I've done analogue recordings here at the moment for your music buffs. We're using a PreSonus 24-channel ch- um, A1 desk, you know, whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. I don't know a lot about it. I just push buttons and make shit sound good slide stuff and I don't know nothing technical <laughs> fucking people <laughs> trying to talk to me technical guard and I'm just like what the fuck are you talking about I can't about? even start a computer yeah so. I, I'm just like whatever man I just know how to get a good sound and record it yeah that's <laughs> like my piano is, is <laughs> I know what you're my, talking about. my piano is still tube I run a tube head I saw piano. that that's right yeah. yeah and it warms up and everything yeah and I love it because it sounds like well. I remember natural. when you set up an ear one night. I looked at it and just went, "What? Yeah. This is awesome." It weighs about sixty-five kilos. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that old Vox out there. That I hate to think how old it is. That Vox I've got, well, but it sounds amazing. We, we've made this one promise to ourselves in our band that a we'll never go digital. We'll never run digital heads, and b we'll never run beyond six strings of a guitar, because a lot of bands nowadays, a lot of heavy bands, go seven. Yeah. Eight, yeah. ten, twelve. I had a six-string bass. I canned it because it was just ridiculous. And we went, okay, you know what? No digital, only six-string. And we our tuning is well, C now, but it was only between C and D. A lot of bands going like A sharp and things like that. It's ridiculous. You need to have power lines to play that stuff on the guitar. <laughs> and because bands just seem to record in their little rooms... And then they get out on stage. I watched a band the other night, and it was their first show. And I watched them get up on stage, and none of them knew where they were because they'd spent so long recording in a little room that they forgot that they actually had to play in front of people now, and it was just shit. Yeah. It was terrible. And that, I, I, that's why I love analog, and that's why I like vinyl, and that's why I like tape-to-tape players because everything just sounds as it should. Yeah. Like playing, we... That sounds like if you step into the room. Yeah, it, it is. It is. That's what, uh, back in, you know, I can't, I wasn't there. Back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, that's what you wanted in your headphones. You wanted well, to feel I, like you were in the room. I was fortunate enough back in, well, I think it was about 2003, 2004, I recorded with a band on blue tape. Oh, yeah. 50 mil blue tape, yeah, which was analogue tape. Yeah. And everyone was going digital, going digital, and we went, let's go analogue. Mm-hmm. And we sourced a guy that could do it for us, and he's world class. Is that like a proper tape to tape? Like with actually, I'll give him creds. It was Poon's Head, Rob Grant down at Poon's Head. Yeah, and he done fifty mil blue tape. Yeah, and it goes from reel to reel through yeah. all things like. But the sound for me, I'd actually love to play it for you and give you a listen. 
I don't, I don't know where I'd find it. <laughs> I, I don't even have an album, man. Like, I, we're on this album. It was a cracker album. Yeah. Great band. Yeah. Actually, what was, there was a band you mentioned earlier where Tim's playing in that band. They were playing with the, Siren Tower. The Arsonist. The Arsonist. Yeah. I think Tim plays in the Arsonist. Yeah, he does. Tim Collins. The bassist? Yeah. Yeah, he plays. He sometimes he plays for the Veronicas and weird shit yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah well, that's yeah. that's. He, I only know him because he comes into my work. Well, he's a good mate. I played with him for years. Yeah, yeah. he's a he's a super solid bassist. Like yeah. he, I've never talked to him because he's so quiet. Well, I've seen him to be quiet, but he's just seems like a he's super a cool guy. Solid bassist. He's, he's yeah he's um yeah I played with him in this band and it was a phenomenal band. Mm. Like we all done our thing you know and and I was sort of playing because Seve sang so I backed up the acoustics and I played little lead bits but nothing flash mm-hmm. I kind of wedged my way in there I was more of a comedian back then than a guitar player I saw your poster outside <laughs> <laughs> and uh but anyway um we we had the sound and it was but we recorded on this analog and it just it, it, it I, I still put that album on and it outdoes any anything that I've heard produced in the last 10 years. Yeah. Anything. Like, we're talking major productions. Yeah. It, it just sounds so fucking nice. Yeah, that's how, like I was saying to you before, the Black Keys, they released their few, first few albums. There was like um, Thick Freakness and then they did an album called The Rubber Factory and um, I saw them, oh, it was probably going on like eight or nine years ago my dad took me it was like my first ever time to a pub to watch a band and he took me to go see this weird little band called the black keys i've still got like a little bobby badge pin thing that and like a rubber factory hat and a rubber factory so black keys are english yeah no the black black keys are from the u.s they do he the the singer uh dan i think his name is now produces like Katy perry and and big big stuff like he's a big producer but he um yeah he re- he he they toured here yeah probably eight or nine years ago on this album called Rubber Factory, and I was listening to it listening to it and I was like this is the best thing I've ever heard, mm. and they literally he set up shop in an old tire factory in the US somewhere and just put one mic in, and that was them they just jammed because it's only a two piece they just jammed, and now they're one of the biggest grossing bands in the world. And I still but you would can rather... Put a, you can put a mic in the room in the right spot. And it's worse. And then you can get there and just EQ it awesome. Yeah. Compress it, and you've got a great sound. Yeah, exactly. And people go, how'd you get that sound? Yeah. Because people are plugging in stuff and trying to... That's like I was talking about tonight, about that 10-inch rolling cube. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Killer guitar sound. Yeah. you just got to think about things logically, and you've got to not set things up so much. Well, the thing you is, you don't... You, it's not a big dick competition. You can't turn around and go... I'm going to use my angle cabinet and I'm going to use, uh, I've got an orange orange quad box and I'm going to stick, actually I'm going to stick my angle on my orange yeah. because it's it, it pumps out a sound and all. I've heard a lot of, I've had guys coming in with with, with amps um, that are, like triple rectifiers is a big one. Yeah, we've got it. We Jake runs a dual, but he doesn't run it here. But he's got a dual yeah, rectifier. dual and triple rectifiers, they're great, yeah. but they're just, where can you use They're it? They're too big. We, that's what, exactly because the fact amps, that he doesn't when, use it when, here. I've got a, I've got, I've, man, I've got a Gens Benz bass rig there that's sixteen hundred. Is that watts. a big one? Yeah, yeah. Richo used that that's the other killer. day. He was like, whoa, <laughs> that's killer. But it's too big for anything. 
yet if you run a little amp like that at full tilt, it sounds right. Yeah. That sound of that, that you, little one that we were using tonight. The I think it was the Hucky. Yeah, yeah, that great. Yeah, it sounds great because it, it's perfect for that room. Yeah. You, a lot of people don't understand when they go to jam rooms. So let's get into science about jam rooms. This is why I've put, I've put that thing away because people would play it and you can't hear it in there. But everywhere else in the room, all you can hear is. Yep. Because that's what it's meant to do. It's meant to push for a long distance, big area. Yep. You put it in a small jam room and, and you don't hear it because it's a, a sub-frequency. And everyone just keeps going up. And, and everyone up just and keeps up, coming up and up. And they go, why can't I hear my guitars? Because it's, you're getting drowned out by the bass. right past you. That's yeah, why. exactly. And then people just sound shit because they can't get it. Yeah. So people go, oh, but it sounds so great. That bass rig does sound good in a small room, but you have to take all the sub the bass out of it. Yeah. What's the fucking point? Why don't you get a smaller sub? Like I'll tell you the best sound and bass rig in this whole place is an Ashdown 4x10 cabinet in that room. With a 350 watt Eden Nemesis head on it, which is oh, the yeah. cheap version of Eden. Yeah, that is hands down the best sounding rig in this place, and it's full of bass rigs. Yeah, it just sounds so fucking good. It's just because why you can turn it up. Yeah, and it's, it's and it's working. It's doing what it's meant to do. It's it's sounding warm and hot, and your strings are alive when you're hitting it, and you're getting all that dynamic in it. But then if you've got an amp that's blowing out, like people that turn it up to two. What the fuck? You're not even getting to use it. Yeah, it's it's just cold. It's not even working at two. Yeah. It doesn't sound right at two. Yeah. It sounds right on eight or nine. Yeah. Um, and I see it all the time. People bring in quad boxes and that, and I just say, man, go, man. Like, yeah. like, my guitar, Sean, for ages, used to come in here with a 5150 PV head. <laughs> the metal machines. And and stick it over <laughs> and stick it over a, a, um, a Marshall cab. And I just said to him, stop bringing it. And he goes, why? I said, because... You're not reaching full potential. No, it doesn't sound right. Mm. And then he bought a Marshall 40-watt twin, and he gets to turn that up, and it corks. Yeah. And he's finally got it. Yeah, it sounds unreal, because you can use it where you can't use a big rig, you know. People that walk in with quad boxes into it, even, even in small venues, they're kidding themselves. Yeah. The best guitar amp ever made was a Fender Twin Reverb. Mm-hmm. They're the best guitar amp ever made for a guitarist. Why? Because... You can always stick a mic in front of it. Look at that 10-watt, how big that 10-watt roller cube sounded. Yeah. You know, in that recording. But you put a small amp in front of a mic and it cooks. You don't need much more on stage, you know? Yeah. Like, mind you, you're playing a big theatre. Yeah. It's good. It is good to we, have a Marshall I think the only place, quad. I think the only place that we actually... And a JCM 2000 or something Yeah, like. we, we had the uh, Jake's Jewel Recce. Um, and I think the only place that we actually got that thing to really light up in was we used to play two venues. There was Villa, which is a pretty big venue. We used to play Villa, and we also used to play the old Black Betty stage. Mm-hmm. And that it used to do wonders in there. It was just right. You would still be struggling in there, but Villa, that, that used to light that place. You probably had nothing coming through front of house. You probably was pretty much all relying on the amp, no? Yeah. He'd put pretty a touch in to widen it, but it wouldn't... Pretty be... much, because we used to run two dual rectifiers and a uh, beer fridge, whatever they're called, the big, big bass stack. Yeah, the Ampeg. <laughs> the Ampeg beer yeah. fridge. Yeah, and um, no one ever had a problem with hearing us then. <laughs> well, it would all be stage sound. Yeah, yeah. You know? And people used to go, how do you guys get, get your stuff to sound so good? It's like, well, we don't run digital... Yeah. When will kids learn these days that digital doesn't work? It just... It's well, I've not... got a friend at the moment who's running um, through a computer. 
Yeah, the um, and, to, and he does get a good tone out of it, but it's still digital. Well, so that bassist that you were mentioning before that used to play in the Arsonist, he yeah. always yeah. he always used to have like some weird shit on stage, and it, like it was cool, but the amount of weird shit he had on stage was just like, especially with the Arsonist. I don't know if you've heard them. They no, were, I never got to watch them play. They were probably just... the cl- that they they did an EP. I can't remember what it was called, but it was great. It was great. It's that it was. It is easily my favorite album that has ever come out of Perth, and um, it was probably the closest thing that I've ever listened to like proper pop music. They were they were the pop band, and I wish they could have got bigger. But yeah, they used to use lots of crap on stage, and I just never understood it because they didn't ever seem to be using anything. Hmm. Very strange. The arson holds. The arsonist. Steve's Judd excuse to get his shirt off again at another nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, Tim Tim used to play in a band called The Meaning Of, which used to do yep. it. Yeah, yeah, he sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they used... Oh, that was years ago. That was, They used to play with, like, um, bands like... And then prior to The Meaning Of, I was playing with Tim in a band called A Bone of Contention. Yeah, she used to play with bands like Laura Dannon and things like that. And we were doing yeah. stuff with... Eskimo Joe, early days carnival, and mm. a fashion. Um, of fashion, little birdie, little birdie would have been. Oh, there. not really. No, never played much with Katie. Um, but but they were all around the scene at the same was, time. We she were. was cute. I used to go to her shows because I just thought she was cute. I, was, <laughs> I hated little birdie, but she was cute. Yeah, I think that was the only. But that at the time that was the only like female singer. What, I ever what's Rick Steele's son's name that's playing in Empire of the Sun? So he playing Empire of the Sun? You know, Empire of the Sun. Oh. That's Rick Steele's son. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, but they've done a lot of drugs, those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Walking on a dream. That was, I went on tour, uh, that's when that album came out, whenever that album came out. It was out. actually, that wasn't a bad song. Uh, that, that album came out and we went on tour and that was pretty much the soundtrack for our tour because our guitarist had it. And he was like, this is going to be playing, and it did, it played for like four weeks straight and I just wanted to kill Empire of the Sun by the end of it <laughs> <laughs> it's like I hate you guys that and MGMT so it just made like our car trips like really really long and horrible I've got a rule when you're in a car you talk yeah until you get tired and then it's yeah we still listen to audio books when we're doing tours oh really yeah we'd all listen to an audio book and, and, and uh, uh, you know listen to that we would try. I guess being music, as we play so much music, the last thing we do is jump in a car and listen to more music. Yeah, we used to try and buy whatever band opened for us that night. We would try and buy their CD, or if they had one, or yeah. the next band, and we would listen to that on the way, and kind of just like get us. Wouldn't that be familiar? cool if you guys were playing, and then the band that opened for you, you got up and started playing one of their songs? Yeah, like I think. I know we just liked to know our surroundings and know. I remember when Michael Jackson opened for us, we started playing. <laughs> See, that's another person. I don't like Michael Jackson. I um. <laughs> I don't like. I never liked his music, or any of it. Nah, what about Prince? Prince has just fell off the perch. What about yeah, Prince, the only person. Great guitarist, though. Only person to ever write a popular song without a bass line what one uh, Purple Rain 
No, Raspberry Pi. Didn't know Baseline. I think it was Raspberry Pi. What one of his more popular songs didn't have a baseline. Listen to it in your head. Probably hasn't. Doesn't have a baseline. Why? Do you know why? Because they put it in and he took it out. And he went, nah, it doesn't need a baseline. Oh, no. Um, did he do When Doves Cry or whatever? Dun, 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 dun. This is what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, that didn't have a baseline. Well, here's a question for you. What does it sound like when a dove cries? I don't know, but... It, it doesn't sound like a baseline, that's for sure. <laughs> I've got a question for you, though. Have you yep. ever seen a baby pigeon? See, that's the other bird question that I always Or a baby ask. seagull. A baby, a baby seagull. And where do flies go at night? Good point. Well, they're like ninjas flies. They just... They go into the... No, they just, they just back up into the darkness. <laughs> Apparently, they go into the leaves. But I've never seen them. Yeah, I believe the leaves theory. Yeah, yeah. But I, I spent... The whole night. Yeah, one night I'm going to get a torch and I'm going to look mm. at a leave. We're, me and a friend. I'm going to get a busted fly. We're shaking, busted. Sh- shaking trees around, going, "Fucking where are all these flies? Couldn't find them." Yeah, you don't seem an idea. Mm. Which is always weird because they're black. You think oh, they're built for night time. Yeah, exactly right. Don't yeah. see them. They're like ninjas of the night, which hang out at day, which is weird. Yeah, flies are weird. I wonder if they're black because of heat. They want to be warm. I want to be warm. I want to be warm. What's that? I want to be a fly and hang out in the swarm. I don't know, it's making a song up. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. We've good. had a few boxed wines now. Had a couple of coovers. <laughs> I need to go soon because yeah. I'm drinking too much boxed wine. I'm a bit afraid of that too. We might have to wrap it up. One, because it's a four and a half hour podcast. <laughs> Nah, but it's... It's been good, though. It's been a really good I chat. Enjoy, I, I thoroughly enjoy talking music with people. Yeah. I think... I'm with, Next time... And I like some of the theories and the conspiracy theories and if you got to pick my brain a bit about... And you listen to a bit about my craziness about the, the pre-existing races and things like that. Oh, yeah, see, I don't go for that. I just, I just like delving really into weird facts about musicians. Like, really weird facts. What's the weirdest... Fa- you heard of Gigi Allen? yeah. He used yeah. to do some weird shit. Yeah. He's the only guy I know that got sucked off at his own funeral. What a would have been weird? Funeral. Weirdest? Yeah. Oh, yeah, some guy. That. It might have been his brother Earl. Oh, Merle. Merle? No, it might have been Merle. Yeah. And he would have thought Gigi would have wanted this. Yeah, I mean, if you get that sort of status about you, then why not? There's a guy called Blake Haight. I don't know if you know him. He's into uh, he's he's in the punk scene around Perth. Yeah, see, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't. Blake's. I know Blake. It's one of his. I think he might have Gigi Allen tattooed on him. Fuck yeah. I think Gigi Allen had Gigi Allen tattooed on him. The the only punk person I know is Pat from the Decline, because he originally used to play in my band, and he would never admit it before. Yeah. Yeah, never. He used to play in our TAFE band, and then the Decline just went. And they're, they're awesome. They're not based in Perth anymore, are they? Yeah. They still are? Yeah. That's another good Perth. Well, there's a band, a good punk band in Perth here called The Blind Spot. I've played a couple of their songs on the podcast. They jam across the road from us in here, don't they? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, yeah, I always see their name on the thing. Never heard them, though. But I've heard, I've seen that yeah, they play, a, play yeah, a lot of shows. And doing things. good things. Yeah. Funny bunch of buggers, too. Are they from Geraldton? They're from here. Do like? They're a Geraldton band. Uh, they are blind spot with one T. We are something not funky. They got a song called Grab Us a Beer. Of course they do. It's uh something about like a high, there's one line in it. 
And if you pass out, we will draw a cock on your face, that's for sure. Yeah, that's legit. And I just went, Oz that's great. Yeah. It's up there with my banger ranger song. What's that? Uh, I do, like, comedy songs. Okay. And I've just written a new one, like, seriously, two nights ago called Banger Ranger. Oh, I'm separating the words now and I understand what you're saying. Yes. Uh, Not Banana Rama. Oh, uh, no. okay. Yeah. Definitely Banger Ranger. <laughs> It'll surely take the piss out, so you better pack a sanger, banger, ranger. Yeah, it's sort of. Oh. It's, uh, it's, uh, I don't want to let too much out until it's out. But oh, okay. Be it's released. It's pretty soon. stupid. Yeah, I think I'm going to get like, beaten up by a lot of redheaded people. I can't. I can't ever draw the line between comedy and music. Like I, No, it's two different things. It, it is, isn't yeah. it? I find with my comedy, I only play G D and A. Because they're the more... Because it's not about the music. Yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. more about the lyrics, so yeah. I play the same music for every song. And they're the more, like, they're like the construction chords, aren't they? I don't get I don't get radical with the music. I don't go, oh, this comedy song needs, like, a really good bridge. <laughs> like a polyrhythm. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I play GDNA every song, and it's just, it sounds the same. But it's that's all... what pop's based on, though, GDNA. Yeah. It's the people's key. It is the people's key. I did a gig key. once. <laughs> I did a gig once, and I... I Bet me, mate. I said, I'm going to just follow me all night. We're going to play GDNA all night and see if the punters notice. And yeah. we'd done a whole set, all songs in that same chord, GDNA. Yeah. And we'd done everything from like um, Let a Cry to, to um, Santa Monica, all these songs in GDNA. And we'd done a whole set, and the crowd just loved it. They couldn't tell that we played the same chords in the same songs mm. with an E minor thrown in here and there for. But if you get a musician, 40, though, they'll 40, go... They'll oh, know. we had a few guys come up and go, oh, what was the go with that? What are you doing? <laughs> what was the go with that? Yeah. Well, mate, we might wrap it up. It's been a long one. I'm starting to get a bit drowsy, and it's been massively cool talking to you, Jess. Thank you very much, mate. You are welcome, my friend. It's been more than... Uh, th- mate, it was a very impromptu uh, podcast, I think. It we, was. It was five minutes, well, what are you and doing? then we were into it. Yeah, and, and we've been here now for a good two and a half hours. So. Oh, Oh, it's one thirty in the morning. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. I've got to go home. <laughs> you get home. What are you doing hanging around here? I'm going to do some stuff and get home myself. But, mate, lovely talking to you. Um, so you guys are still in the building stage, and we're going to see you guys on stage soon. Yeah, No definitely. gigs in the pipeline at the moment? Uh, we've been hit up by a few people, but it's just not ready yet. Now we're talking about music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, we've got... Um, no, we've got nothing coming up. But you're building building go check Buildings. us out on Facebook though because we've got Facebook and Instagram yeah so find you guys on Facebook get yep. behind you keep an eye out for when you're about to be they've done some great music in the past guys with some different bands yep uh, these guys have all got together they're a conglomerate from other bands and they're they're putting together this new sound I can vouch for them I've been listening to them in the uh, in the studios that we have here at uh, the Rock Garage and they're sounding quite cool so uh, get on down when you can see them if not just keep your ear tuned if not, just uh, send us an email at um, at the Rock Garage or jump on our Facebook site at Stacks Podcast and ask us the questions and we'll reply to you straight away and let you know what's happening as far as what's happening with uh, Dead Rivals, which is a pretty cool name. It's only a brand new name too. Is it two, two months, two weeks, sorry? Yeah, two weeks. We were Before that, we were the secret band the because sec- we were all too indecisive. About <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what we're going to be. Yeah, and it took a good couple of months to get to that name, so yeah. we're not changing it now. Not a bad name, Dead Rivals. I think it's quite quite good. Thank you. It's very hard to pick a band name. It took us a long time. It takes everyone a long time. Yeah. 
Yeah, we had there was some shockers in there too, and we had to cut it out. Yeah, Dead Rubbers was good. Well, Jess, great talking to you, mate. Thank My you name's much. Joy. Your name's Jess. We've been listening to Stacks Podcast there at home. Uh, we've got the next show coming up pretty soon. I'm trying to get blokes like Jeff Hewitt on, who's a comedian in Perth. Bit of a mover and shaker. has his own podcast called Once Were Zombies. I'm trying to get hold of a guy called Rob Powdrill, who's an ex-world champion kickboxer. Try and get him on board as well for a podcast. I will get hold of these guys shortly. Trap them, sit them in the room, talk some shit with them. Jess, great to talk to you, mate. Thank you. I'm Joy. You're Jess. This is Stacks Podcast, and we're out. Stacks, Stacks. Stacks.